LS powered two buggies on stickies. This is the Total Offroad Podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Mike. And I'm Derek. And, and I'm, I'm here. Barry. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for interrupting. <laughs> I'm sorry. How He's dare got you. 17 words for this podcast, and you interrupted <laughs> the first three. Shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who is this fourth person again? That's Bray, Derker. Yep, I'm Bray. I'm you didn't even let him say it. Sorry. Come on, guys. Bray, you need to, Bray, you need to get in there. Do I need to introduce myself again? You need yes. to get in there as well. You need to lick that microphone a little more for me. That's my get microphone. There, don't buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I feel is, like I'm in it. Is anybody going to say what episode it is? Ooh, it's episode 105. <laughs> is that Derek's job? Well, this is going to be a shit show. I wasn't here last week. I don't know whose job it is oh, to yeah. say. This is true. Did I you forgot. guys change something? I forgot you weren't here. I think I did say if it last you, week. If you don't quit playing with that pen and get back to playing with your proper fidgeties, <laughs> squeak, squeak, squeaking like a squeak, mouse in squeak. here. Now I can't get it to squeak Dude. anymore. Damn. Damn. That oiled it. Just trying to irritate you. Put the W in there. Just put a little dab of, of white lithium on there so it doesn't squeak anymore. He'd be like, hey, what is this squeak? So smooth. Fine, I'll play with my fidget spinner then. Play with your proper fidget spinner that I bought for you. A lot of dollars spent on those for fidgety ass. He got these on clearance, guys. He's not that rich. Two <laughs> I don't hairs. We probably got $20 in fidget spinners here. Oh my God. <laughs> there are lots of them, though. There are lots of them. There are at There's least six. Yeah. I mean, we have, everybody has one, right? Does everybody have one? Does everybody have their fidget spinner? You have two, Everyone? Steve. I it's like kindergarten. Well, Does I everybody have them. their show and tell? <laughs> Ooh, I, like, I like this one better. Mm, yeah. The, the original, the OG the fidget OG spinner. Because the bearings are good. Yeah. 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 It's got them ABEC 28,000s. Welcome to the Total Offer Podcast, <laughs> where we're nothing but side tangents. It's going to be bad this week. We have five people in this in this uh, studio today. I would imagine yep. it's going to be pretty rowdy. Well, no. we got three plus the doo-wop crew. Plus right. the doo crew, Matt and Derek. Matt Hayes and I are sharing a microphone, so we're doo in it. It's real cute. Yeah, and, Mike does, and Matt doesn't know how to get into the microphone. So. It's because he doesn't want I'm to sorry. basically be touching Derek's face. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we there should be a we bearing. We already touched faces last night. so This, one, this one should have a bearing on it so that it rotates about, around better. Mm-hmm. You guys don't have it all the way down in here yet, though. No, never know. It's it, close enough. It, need, it needs a you clamp at the bottom. A problem. Whose is that? Ooh. Kick him out. Jesus. Oh my God. We need to okay, start right, over. Right. Do we need to start is, over? Nah. It's bad. Nah. It's I'm going to stop touching anything. Okay. Maybe we will start over. Should we start over? It can't be that bad. A little more structure? Nah. There's never been structure just here. Why it? start now? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> anyway, we're back with episode 105. Uh, we just finished up the Patreon, chit-chatting on there a little bit and getting things warmed up. And we have our buddy Bray from Limitless Fabrication in the studio. Hello. And we also have Derek. Well, obviously, we have everybody in the studio. But it should be a good day. It should be a good podcast with all of us here. I know the Patreon was awesome. It so. was a good time. It was. Derek's actually here. We should I am say actually, that. Yeah. It sounds like he's here always, but he's actually he's sitting after right After I got the there. new microphone, it sounds like I'm here, but now I'm actually here. Ah, yes. And I broke a fidget, <laughs> fidget spinner. Today, Derek is using our microphone, and Bray is using Derek's microphone. Indeed. Yes. It's well, some weird it's upside down shit. It's a seating thing. Yeah, Bray's our special guest, so he gets a special <laughs> guest seat, and you <laughs> get an uncomfortable story. But he, gets, but he gets a special guest microphone from yeah. the other guest. Everything. Everything special <laughs> guest style for Bray. Very special. <laughs> Do you feel special, Bray? I feel very special. Good. That's good. That's what we want. We want our guests to feel appreciated. Anyway, did you do anything off-road this week, Mike? Hell no. I had a cold last week. Nice. I had uh, <laughs> I got that tire put back on snow. Well, I got Snow Day's tire put back on the wheel, and then I leaned it on Snow Day, and then I had a cold for a week, and I haven't even been out of the shop. I emptied the traps once, and that was it. Mm. Yep. Just, yeah. That's Nothing. Some weeks. Yep. yep. This week, zero I, anything. I drug my Jeep to the shop. It's out there. It's clean. Yeah. 
Did I have it washed last week? I think I did. You right? did, yeah, yeah. You had it washed last week, so you've done so, nothing except done for moving. You must have pressure washed the hell out of that thing because <laughs> it was real clean. I also hired a new employee and also tried to stay polishing things nice. because Christmas is coming. We get a lot of shit shipped. That's what all the stuff on the war room and the yep. table. Oh, nice. Yeah, all that stuff has to get shipped tomorrow. Like, got to go out. So, yeah. That's fair. Yup. I'm glad I... that you're getting that taken care of. I was really concerned about it. I feel What's like I'd that? always ask, hey, do you need me to ship some stuff? And you're like, ah. No, no, I'm getting all that. All that shit is like business. is summer shine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, not podcast stuff. Not podcast stuff yet. I'm still waiting to get rights to the rights, get access to the um, website so I can see what outstanding orders are left. If mm. only somebody would give you that credentials. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> that one person that yeah, could do it. There was only somebody that knew. Only. All the if only you get a hold of that person. That would be the thing. If only they listened to this podcast and heard this and would respond. <laughs> you know that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> I just need to show up. I actually texted him earlier and said that everybody was going to be here and asked if he wanted to join. I, hey, can and, I guess what the response was? Go for it. Yeah, just guess his response. I'm going to guess was that there, there was no response. Currently, there's still yet to be a response. Uh, yes. We miss you, Ian. Come I back. Sent, I sent him a text at 930 and was like, Bray is coming to, the pod, coming to podcast at 10. You want to come over? Nothing. Ghosted. It's all right. It happens. <laughs> it's understandable. That is, that is the Ian. He did say that he wanted to retire from the podcast and you were not respecting his boundaries. Fact. True story. Probably true. But he didn't say he wanted to retire from being your friend, so. He did not, mm -hmm. but that's what he meant. <gasps> oh, <man>. Damn! <laughs> that's how it felt. <laughs> uh, poor Ian. We're, we're picking on Ian. Yeah, we're picking on Ian. He's not even here to defend, defend himself. himself. Jinx, bitch. Get me my Coke. Now. Damn. You don't have any Cokes. <laughs> I gotta leave. I gotta go drive to the store. Cokes, Cokes is not plural. Cocaine. Coke, Coke is not plural. It's plural. It's not plural. Oh anyway, wow. Maybe we should start over. Nah, it's fucking it's it's running. Too late. We've come too far. Yeah, I know. It's gonna be the running theme throughout this six, episode. I feel six like six minutes. Until, until we start talking about Bray, I think I think that'll smooth things out. All right. So Bray, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, we will get into that. Where though. do we start? Because I mean, we're gonna sh do this for an hour and a half or so, and we'll probably need all of that to get your entire life story. I just want to know <laughs> about the real Bray. Like, I want to get really in there. Like, yeah. who is Bray? You, I think that's a better why don't question. You, why don't you start with, con with conception? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Bray's just like, story. all yeah, the details. Like, I, hate, I hate this podcast. <laughs> We're going way back. Dear Penthouse. <laughs> Dear Penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I'm Lord>. friends. <laughs> we like our guests to feel awkward uh, sorry Bray. Good. Seemingly, good. seemingly he can take it yep yeah anyway uh how did you get okay first off what do you currently have for a rig uh current wheeling rig is a 1996 ford ranger single cab short bed uh shortened dana 44 front 8.8 rear uh four liter from an explorer in it <clears throat> m5od transmission uh, Borg Warner 1350, 1354 doubler, and that's about it. Gear locked, chromos front and rear. You said it's got a four liter from a Explorer. Explorer, what I have before, what I have factory. Yeah, so that's a story. Uh, came initially <laughs> with a three liter, which is supposed to be unbreakable or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Drove that for a while. It was my DD for a long time. <clears throat> but back in the day, everybody starts with mud, right? So we we're going around running it through mud yeah. pits and stuff. Mud and uh. Mm -hmm. Overheated it a couple times, packed my radiator full of mud, all that stuff. And eventually the oil pump went out on it. So, oh, wow. Yep. Had a trailer at home. Then I could either replace the oil pump or swap the engine, right? And the only logical answer to that is to swap the engine. So, looked around for a while, uh, found a rolled Explorer with a four liter in it, drug that to my shop, pulled it out, dropped it right in. Didn't do anything to it, didn't pull it apart and rebuild it or anything. Mm -hmm. Just black box. This engine drops into my truck. 
plug it's everything in. It's been in there just like that since? Yeah. Wow. Pretty you well plug and play. Um, had to get a different computer for it, but that was it. That's he, awesome. He doesn't beat on it. It lives a nice life these days. Yeah. That's true. All, <laughs> the, all the gear reductions will help yeah, be easy exactly. on the motor. <laughs> Try to be nice to it. Yeah. I think that engine had 120,000 miles on it, and I swapped it in in 2010. So. Wow. Oh, my. Yeah. And you drive it everywhere. You don't trailer it. Right. No trailer. Yep. Has it ever been on a trailer other than the time that it broke? Exactly. Uh, very few times. So it's been on a trailer that time. I'm trying to think if it's ever been on a trailer other than that. How many that may have been it. <laughs> <laughs> How many times has AAA come out to save you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the, Never. that's the loopholes that if you don't want a trailer your rig, buy a rollback. Mm-hmm. Trailers are for boats. What rollbacks are, rollbacks for? are for rigs. Yeah, that's a nice hashtag. I like that. Rollbacks yeah, are for rigs. rigs. Now, knock on wood, I've been very lucky. Ramp, um, ramp trucks are for rigs. Yeah. Have yeah. you been lucky or have you done proper maintenance? Well, that too. I don't know if I want to take nice to full it. credit for it. I mean, I have, <laughs> like I pulled the bed off in a grocery store parking lot in Moab so I could get to the gas tank because I had some oh fuel issues and I've done some pretty serious like road work on the side of the road. Pulling but, a bed in a grocery store parking lot is pretty serious on the side of the road work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With an Illinois truck, that sounds terrible. Yeah, driving it from Illinois, we're all the way out in Utah. Well, I'm just Oof. saying like, a, an Illinois, <laughs> oh, yeah, how'd you get the bolts a, out? Oh, yeah. Well, the bolts well, are better. Because yeah. they come in from the top. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. And I've had the thing apart multiple times. So. Okay. And he used anesthes, I hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aha. Yeah. Hell yes. He well, took him out by hand with a quarter-inch ratchet. Yep. Anesthes everything. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'll say Bray remembers we when we shortened my wheelbase, you were there when we pulled my butt off. And mm-hmm. I think out of the eight bolts, four were removable. And the yeah. rest came out with a sawzall. They were bottom up, right? Yeah. yeah that's up. crazy. It's crazy. It's not great. Annoying. It's not great. It's because they sit in an open channel, too. Yeah. yeah. They, they bottom up into an open, open channel with a weld nut. And you're like... Yeah, this and the weld nut spun on like three of them, and I think one of them yep. broke. Yeah, there's not enough penetrating oil in the world. Nope. Yeah, nope. Unless you could dip the whole back of the truck in penetrating oil and like Maybe. take it out in a few days. You just park your truck in penetrating oil <laughs> every time you park truck, it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that'd be awesome. You just dip it into a vat. Just of submerge oil. it right to the floorboards. Yeah. You do some sweet burnouts when you leave the garage. Every oh my time. gosh! Maybe all wheel drive drift truck. The tires last you three three weeks. <laughs> I think about that all the time at work when there's like a bolt. It's always a capture nut. It's impossible to get to. And you're like kind of spraying it up in a hole, hoping it'll like find its way down there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, if only I could dip the whole like half of this car. So like, oh, yeah, you're going to get penetrated. Everything, <laughs> everything gets penetrated. That's awesome. Uh, to the dip. A couple so, of details I forgot. There's so many details I get caught up in it. But the, you didn't mention the overall cage. Yeah, it's got a cage in it. And, and a bed cage. It's on 37s and summer shine trail readies. Let the man get to his details he forgot before you guys start tacking he on those details. Your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let him promote you. Yeah. I am. No, that's about it. That's what I should have said. It's a single cab short bed ranger uh on 37s and beadlocks. That's pretty much it. Yes. That's it. They're that's probably it. this will probably have his truck as the cover photo. It's nice. it's stock IFS. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's it not IFS? What's it called? It is twin, twin traction, traction TTB. Yeah. And I did wheel it like that for a long time. It's a Dana 35 front. Used to have a Dana 35 front. And hmm. uh it was locked and and all that jazz. Hmm. Had pretty good luck with it. I blew up lockouts quite a bit, but that was about really it. yeah. Yeah. Oh, but it had lockouts, not mm-hmm. like a Jeep. Dana 35 How, you that add is, lockouts? It came stock with automatic lockouts. So you what? engage four wheel drive, the shaft starts oh. spinning and then the hubs engage, ah. right? On your on your new current axle. No. No, on the, the original. TTV. Yeah, the TTV. So we went to test drive the truck before I bought it and uh I'm very confused. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. It was winter time. What? Went there with my dad. Well, that's all new Fords have that. Ford since 1992. I, I guess yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. I never knew that Rangers had lockouts. 
Yeah. Hell yeah. Go Ford. Good fucking <laughs> job. I appreciate it. That's nice. Yeah. Not anymore, they don't. Well, I mean, they were Fuck automatic Ford. and probably garbage. <laughs> Anyone exactly. smart would have yeah. put selectables on it. Yeah, of course. The so. automatics are garbage. So me and my dad would go to the dealership, find this truck that's looking pretty nice. They're like, well, you want to take it for a test drive? Of course we do. And they let just me and my dad take it out. And it's wintertime and there's some snow on the side roads. And I was like, we got to test the four-wheel drive, dad. And he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. So <laughs> we pull up on the side road <laughs> yeah, and boy. I come to a complete stop. Lock it into four-wheel drive. And I hope the guy from the dealership and listening to this. Not. And <laughs> dude, it's been so long. Yeah, He's retired. Dude, yeah. I just dump it in first gear. Yeah. And break the hubs instantly. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we're like, the four-wheel drive doesn't work, you know? Something's messed up. So we take it back and we're like, yeah, man, four-wheel drive doesn't work. We got to get that checked out before we're going to buy this thing. And sure enough, it was the hubs. You know, they're like, well, the automatic hubs were broke. That was kind of weird. So they <laughs> replaced the hubs for us and we bought the thing. And You were how old at this point? The rest is history. 17? Uh, 15. 15, wow. yeah. So it was my first vehicle. Uh, had it my whole life. You didn't You didn't know. Uh, exactly. You Young didn't know dumb. what you were doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, this is how you drive These should not <laughs> snap. These should not snap under such a light acceleration. Yeah. So, <laughs> something was wrong before what? I drove it. <laughs> Shortly after that, they got replaced with selectables. Right? Yeah. Adjustable mm-hmm. lockouts. That's the way to take, do it. Didn't take you long to figure that the out. New, yep. The new 05 Super Duty ones supposedly work really well. I know a few people who have even put mm-hmm. the vacuum pump from the Ford on their like Chevy axle swapped truck. Oh, really? So that when they put it in four wheel drive, it'll engage the hubs. And Trevor yeah, really wanted kept to do it, that. Huh? Yeah, that's weird that somebody would choose to use the vacuum setup. Like, you can also manually engage them. That's the key, mm-hmm. right? So like, if it doesn't work, you can get out and manually. Engage. I'm just like, but why? Why bother? Because like my application, like, yeah. if I was to put it in the crew cab, how convenient would that be? Oh, you're right. You don't have to get out of the truck. Like if you're stuck, you can just be like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And these and, were different. And, and, yeah. mine's, and mine's push button four wheel drive. So I just push a button and then, and then flick the switch now yep. for the old compressor. Oh no, you can even tie it into the TCCM. Oh, oh that'd be pretty fucking slick, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Wouldn't that be slick? You just push your four wheel drive button and just everything goes like, mm. <laughs> yep it is slick it's all when you get the right in here ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. Yep. you're just like you, yeah, just, you just push drive. your you just push click, your click, click, drive click. button you're like mm, get my coffee <laughs> <laughs> your espresso machine <laughs> is ready too and it's like <laughs> 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 no integrating like things that don't come in the truck is amazing i i, lo- I yeah. also love that where it's like oh i just made the factory setup on this axle work with my truck like with a push of a button like mm, it's yeah. golden right i mean even if you're like i don't even want this vacuum setup but the fact that i can make it work is going to so nice. So good. Yep. So you broke your truck before you even bought it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Very bought the rig. Uh, Wait, the funny thing is you said you bought it. So you're like, I hope the guy's not listening, even though I bought the truck anyway. Yeah, I guess that's not. <laughs> you're breaking you buy it, my a terribly friend. bad thing. You paid for those hubs one way or the other. Yep. Right? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, came with an old man topper on it. So I was oh. living that life for a while. Really enjoyed it um, for a bit and then got tired of it. So we took it off. And then Did the girls in high school like it though? Definitely not. Uh, <laughs> they didn't they take much all, interest in me anyway. They're all hoes. It's all good. <laughs> they're all hoes. Uh, pulled the Must topper off. Yeah. And then my dad sold it super cheap at an auction. I kind of regret that because later in life, it would have been so nice to have the covered storage. But mm-hmm. uh, in the <laughs> meantime, like the bed got beat up real bad. And I don't know if I could have put a topper on it at the end of its life anyways. But anyways, um, that so was how, that. Pulled the so bed how did off. You, so you say it got beat up later in life. But how did you, what was your introduction into off-road? Yeah. That's good. This started before I got the truck. Me and my buddies had four wheelers and dirt bikes and my dad's a farmer south of Havana. So we're running around on the farm fields and all that jazz. And, uh, my buddy's dad had an F two fifty high boy 
that he had built pretty well, had a 460 in it and transmission with a grainy little first. I don't know if it's a T18 or the new process version or whatnot, but we were in love with that truck. It had like 10 inches of lift and it was on 38.5 skinnies for mm, mud running. Mm, nice. Yeah, dude, it was like, it was With legit. a 460. Yeah, with a 460. God, that's I just want an wanna, amazing Ford pickup. Yep. I just want to clarify. flinging everywhere. Yep. I just want to clarify that Havana, Cuba. Anyway, that's yeah. <laughs> Illinois. Yeah, well, exactly. We're in Cuba, running through fields. Of course. That's uh, why you had an old F-250. Yeah. <laughs> right? Everything in the van is super old still. <laughs> yeah. But he'd take it around and go to mud bogs and stuff like that. And it was in Peterson's at once in the reader's ride section. I can't oh, remember right? what issue. So that's where we got introduced that's, to Peterson's. You that's know, we started you watching UAs and stuff. But we love this truck. I got my license, got the little Ranger. My buddy ended up DDing this high boy. Oh so, my God. Yeah. It was insane. And wow. Small town, Illinois, he could get away with it. You know, he's just driving it to school every day. And I'm sure the driveline angles were insane because he was throwing drive chef U joints out of this thing like <laughs> once a week. It was nuts. Oh my girls God. didn't care about yeah. that though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I like the vibration makes yep. me feel things. <laughs> Long oh, two Darren, on you it. Have to go there. I yeah. know. <laughs> so were the boys. <laughs> that makes it better, Derek. <laughs> just, just put the shovel away. Yep. <laughs> okay. So the high boy was like the introduction into full size vehicle wheeling. And there's a small uh, piece of land outside of Green Valley, Illinois called Devil's Neck. And Devil's Neck. Yeah. It was just like a little sand patch that guys would go out to and run around, and ride four wheelers. And they had a little mud bog there that guys would get muddy <laughs> and stuff. So we'd spend our weekends out of Devil's Neck and everybody had their trucks out there and stuff. And that's what kind of solidified the passion for vehicular off-road. And then I was like, I got to build the Ranger, you know, I got to do something with it. And then that evolution started and started with a five and a half inch super lift kit. And it was on 33s. And I wheeled that for a while and swapped the 88 in the rear end and locked the front and Everything just kept going from there. You locked the TTB? Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, I went locked front and I had a limited slip rear and I ran that setup for years. And what it was your great. front locker? Uh, it was a lunchbox locker as an Aussie. What's the carrier for that in a TTB? It's a Dana 35 oh. aluminum housing. So what it's got, the hell? Yeah. Dana 35A. The housing or carrier? It's the the housing. The diff is aluminum. The diff, yeah. Oh, okay. The, the one I said carrier, that's what I meant. Like so the, it has like CV housing. axles. No, axles with U-joints? I don't axles, even know how it's it actually works. with U-joints. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like the diff is mounted into one of the arms of the TTB, and then you got a short shaft sticking out one side with a U-joint, and then that gives you the independent articulation yeah. running to the other beam, and then you've got the joints at the wheels. So is there a bearing? Three wow. U-joints Is there it. a bearing somewhere in there? Or is, it, or is it literally the passenger shaft is just like a drive shaft? It doesn't yeah, need, it doesn't much. need a bearing. Yep, exactly. Okay, so it's, it's like uh, Y-link steering. But so is there three U-joints? There's, there's, there's a slip shaft there in there too. There are four, uh, yeah, three U-joints. There's three U-joints. And then there. the passenger side is a slip shaft. So the oh. axle shaft has a slip in it. Oh, wow. Yep. And I remember Spline? pulling that apart and guys put springs in there to keep positive pressure out towards the wheel. So it wouldn't back up. Like, oh. Well, they would back. It didn't have a nut. On the, it, didn't, it had a clip on it, I assume. I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. It just kind of hangs out. It had no clip inside the hub. I mean, well, there is inside the hub, but there yeah. wasn't a clip at the slip. That probably right. doesn't even make sense. I'm getting off on a tangent. But, uh, welcome to the Total Offer Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, like, I totally decked out the, the 35 front end. So I pulled it apart and it uses Dana 44 U joints. So you buy the Spicer 760X joints, uh, grind the ears on the shafts. You can run full circle clips. did all that jazz. Like fully built the 35 with the lunchbox locker and 456s. Damn. And ran that. Never broke a shaft. Never had an issue with the 35. Um, like I said, I went through some lockouts, but that was about it. Hubs do not seal for a shit. Um, 
every time it touched water, I was rebuilding the hubs, pulling it apart. It was like, mm. it was a huge pain. Now, is that any different now though? Because I know every time I wheel my <laughs> Dana 44, I have to pull it apart because water got in. Yeah. And <laughs> I should do it more often than I actually do. Um, but I'm far less worried about it now with the 44 than I was a 35, like 35, and, it could be a rainy day and like my bearings were getting wet. It was crazy. That's, that is crazy. Yeah. Especially cause it's like a factory setup. Yeah. You would think if anything that would seal better than anything yeah. else, but it's like, nah, yep. the technology yeah. just wasn't there back then. Yeah. Well, and if you look at the, I don't know if they're all like this, but I have a Dana 60 like maintenance manual from like the military. And it's like, anytime you go above the hubs and water, rebuild this. That's like the maintenance oh, wow. schedule. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's kind of true, though. Literally, we'll go off road once and just, oh, there's a creek. And then I come home and there's water in the bearings. So That's wild. I, I went on a wild goose chase on this because I agree yes, the technology is is old. And there's a lot of like aftermarket. We all have aftermarket parts now. And it's been 30 years and the castings are probably starting to get worn out and blah, blah, blah. I was playing around with my outer axle shaft and there was like three eighths of an inch of play. So, you know, all of those seals on the backside mm-hmm. of the yes. spindle. Yep. Nothing. They weren't doing anything. Yep. And so I have like, I like stacked shims. everything up on my workbench and like took measurements with the calipers and like, and you shims mm-hmm. on the, the C clip that goes in the outer stub shaft. And that, that helped a lot. And then when we were at Redbird oh, that one shit. time and my whole hub was underwater for like five minutes, yeah, <laughs> that hub was destroyed, but the other one was still good. And we were driving you around say, in deep water. For you both. say destroyed. You just had milk in there. You just had like chocolate milk. No, I had like, dr- like chocolate yeah, did like you chocolate. Did you <laughs> hit the bearings? You had, or? You had grease and water. Oh, the bearings are pitted. Oh, wow. They, really? they were loose. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. I remember that video. It was Why? Like, yeah. 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 Just because the grease out. was gone. It's crazy. It was like, you, no, when you I drove say, it home. Because you drove I, it home. Oh, I drove it home and then yeah. I didn't do it for like, I left it like that for eight months. Yeah. Oh, that's a different story. Yeah. So it was rusty. Gotcha. And yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was like, really? Just had some water in there? But I did. So when we got back from Redbird, I did pull the locking, the locking hub cover to look and I didn't see any water. I was like, mm. oh, wow. And no. I was like, it's good. The, the good news is it cost him $18 and 75 cents to rebuild all the bearings and races mm-hmm. in a Dana 60. I mean, it's not <laughs> much more than that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Considering what did we say? A Dana 60, a Super Duty Seven, 60, $700. $700 a bearing. So $1,400 <laughs> for two bearings instead of $20. I literally yeah, but the just Super listened. Duty, uh, what do you call it? Unibearing? The unibearing. Unibearing, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> the unibearing wouldn't have been bad after You that, can actually probably. just park Hopefully. that in water for like Eternity. a month and bring it out and it's fine. Yep. The seals are that good. Right. Perfect. I don't know if that's actually true. But I don't so either, <laughs> but like I, I had unibearings on my truck when it was IFS and we went on deep mud all the time and they were fine when I took them off. Mine Jeep Isn't was that crazy? Nine. They were OEM, like original. Uh-huh. And we did the solid mm-hmm. exoswap at like, Mine I don't know, 120,000 miles. Mine were all replacement mm-hmm. unibearings and they did not last. So we got three months out of them. So it's worth it to spend the $700 on Timkins <laughs> if you have a Super Duty axle. You're not wrong. Well, what you do is you find out if the Fords are Timkins, which they likely are, because the price difference is pretty drastic. I know that at one point a GM, like unit bearing for a 2500 HD was 400 and then Timkin was 250. They wore the same bearing. Like they, you pull huh. the GM out, it's a Timken. So I mean, mm-hmm. now granted, I know I always talk about a. this like A line, B line. So was there a difference? Maybe. Maybe. But it's hard to say. There's also a markup. There's sometimes. a road so driven truck suite in care. So we when you buy it. parts from GM or any OEM, there's a markup too, because they're going to charge you way more to store the part for that many years mm-hmm. or however oh, many sure. years. Sure. And go so. through their quality process after Timken sells it to them too. So there's always going to be a little bit more overhead, even if it is literally, it might not be A line, B line. They might all be from the same box and Timken's like, here you go. It could be. So you're paying storage fee. But if you buy it from the dealer, you know it's good. Or it should be the best possible part you get. Yeah, it should be. Should be. So Bray had a a Ranger. Yeah. (laughs) 
still we got it. That. We're still super, it. We're super sidelined. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> uh, we're right. still so, have it. Yeah, we're through high school now. So this is 2005 era. Uh, starting to get into vehicle wheeling, just running around the farm, had some buddies with some private land and just getting into going out using four low and seeing what the rig can do. And then eventually we're like, we need to start going to some parks and seeing what terrain's out there and really testing our stuff. So the first park that we ever went to was the Cliffs Insane Terrain in Marseilles. Rest in peace for full-size vehicles. Ish. Rest ish. in peace-ish. Yeah. Um, you can still go on occasion. Yeah. If oh, I, can you? If Yeah. Oh. With, they, with a, they like a like, cheaper? They opened it like two or three times last year. For Jeeps and stuff? Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. As long as they're having an event, they can open it. Um, mm. I would have an event every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> in the park, right? Well, they might not. Then the people might not show up if they do it every weekend, which is why they switched to it. Got to make it Maybe. exclusive. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah, that could be the case. Yeah. Yep. I do them once a month. Yep. <laughs> so how was the cliffs? Yeah, I went to the cliffs. Um, Somebody. I went with another buddy with a ranger and our trucks were pristine. Hadn't touched Ooh. a tree in their life. And we go to the cliffs for our first park. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Spoiler alert. Whatever. Luckily it was dry. And when it's dry, you can get around really well. Um, so we were just kind of tiptoeing around, just seeing the place. Ended up getting hooked on wheeling in off-road parks and that kind of thing. And I think later that year we went to Rockport Off-Road Park in Illinois, which is also dead. Um, same guy that owned that opened up Hannibal Rocks. Which is also dead now. Which is also dead. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. So what is the deal? I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think off-road parks make a whole lot of money, <laughs> except for the <laughs> yeah. Badlands, and that's why they do the side-by-side -side shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't even know if the Badlands makes a lot of money, but they make yeah. enough. Have you seen their inventory of side-by-sides? They probably have half a million dollars, if not more. Probably. Yeah, yeah, anyway, they're doing it. Everyone's figuring it out. Yep. So went to Rockport. That was awesome as well. And then we eventually went to the Badlands, and the Badlands became my stomping grounds for years. Um, for a while there, I was going like every other weekend, man. It was awesome. I was in college, still living at home, spending all my money on the truck, just building and wheeling and having a great time. And back then they were doing the TREC Trek Racing Series. So I'd go over for the full weekend, just drive over on Friday, camp, wheel all day Saturday, go back to camp, grab the cooler, drag it up, and uh, just sit and watch those guys whoop on their rigs all afternoon. It was That's awesome. It's awesome. awesome. Yep. Uh, so the Badlands was a good time. Still enjoy that park a lot. Um, and then I started putting my sights on UA and the truck was getting to the point that I felt that it was capable enough to go on the trip and I was comfortable enough with the rig that I could put it through what it needed to go through to do it. Um, and I don't know, finally built up the courage to submit my application. So I did that and everything went awesome. Got the phone call, said I was good to go. And then it was like game on. I had a month to get everything ready. And Holy cow. Derek knows UA prep is just insane. Everything's going through your mind. You know, what's going to break? What do I need to carry? What do I need to do to meet all the tech requirements? And in that time, I fully rebuilt the truck, went through everything, built a roll cage, got my packaging dialed in. Oh, um, man. Yeah, it was a lot. Roll, a cage, roll cage build on yeah. top of all the maintenance and all that shit. Exactly. Oh, my God. In like, a month. Yeah, I was living in Manitou, still building out of my dad's shop down in Havana. Mm -hmm. So I'd go work all day. Come home, drive down to Havana, and then pick away at the truck. How far is that? Uh, a solid 30-minute drive. Ooh, man. So not terrible. But, but that's an extra hour of not exactly. wrenching or yeah. sleeping. And when I was building the cage, <laughs> I'd bend up one tube, and then I'd just sit there and stare at it for like an hour. You know? Oh, that's Anybody easy. just built a cage, oh, my gosh. Man. Yeah. <laughs> you do a lot you of do, sitting You do a staring. lot of like, ting, yeah. ting, ting, trying yeah. to fit it, and you're like, yeah, but I don't want to notch it yet. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Especially and, first time, you know. Yeah. 
this was my approach for the rest of the rebuild. If I didn't have spares for it, I went ahead and bought spares that were equivalent in quality. So I didn't have a spare set of front axle shafts. So I bought another set of chromos. Holy cow. When they oh. arrived, I swapped them into the truck. So I knew that they fit, knew that they'd work. And wow. then I kept oh, man, whatever I took out as my spares. So when I went on UA, the truck was as built and as fresh and as clean as it had ever been in its life. And I had all those components that I replaced in the toolbox behind me. How much and money, you didn't break. How much money <laughs> did you dump in that one month, you think? I told my mom, I was like, I'm considering taking a personal loan out for this and just getting all this <laughs> stuff done. She's like, don't do that. But, you uh, know, give it the old college try. I mean, so that's, that's yeah, I've, I've heard of people doing that. Like I've heard of people like having, getting ready for like uh, race week mm -hmm. or something like drag week and something like that. And yep. like just maxing out a credit card. Mm. Yeah. Just because, mm -hmm. just because like, I know that I can afford this in the next six months. But I need all those parts yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And just yeah. like you know, instead of like draining a savings account or something like that, there's I'll throw it on a credit card. I'll pay. I'll pay the interest just to offset my time. I need. Mm -hmm. I need. I need the time more than I need the money right now. Yep. Yep. And it's Bray, like, you may have already said this. How built was the truck at UA? At like it is now? Was it still TTB? I don't know if you when the transition oh, yeah. of when yeah, you, you did what parts. Sure. Yep. I can go through that. Um. So I ran TTB for a while, and I think it was 2009 when I did the solid axle swap. Oh. So I picked up a Dana 44 from a full size. I don't know if it came from an F-150 or a Bronco. I just bought them as axles from a dude. Mm. Narrowed it six inches. Uh, built it with chromos. Uh, it was locked from the get go. It's got a spool in it. 456s. Swap that in. Coil sprung on radius arms. And then wheeled that for a handful of years. I ended up going on UA in 2012. So, so I had so, two, three yeah. years. Yeah, I was going to say, can you talk about more, a little bit more about your axle? Because the narrowed is really cool. And yeah. like, how did you narrow it? Sure. Like, what are you running for shafts? Right. How yep. specific do you need to be? Like, because you said you ordered extra, you ordered extra yeah, really shafts. Custom. That's why you, that's why you swapped them in. Because you're like, it's yeah. not just like off the shelf. Yeah. It is and it isn't. It's an interesting build and it's a good point. We should go through it. So it's a housing from a 79 full-size pickup or Bronco. So it's high F pinion. Yep. Got the cast wedges in it, which kind of sucks, but it makes it easy to do the, the radius arm build. Does it, does it really suck though? Uh, when, when has it limited you? Right now when I want to go to a three link. Why do you want to go to a three link? What uh, is your what is your limit that makes you want to go to a three link? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to pick on your no, no, no. Like kind of curious. Yeah, it feels like a natural evolution. Um, it'd give you more space for packaging for sure. Right now, you can't stuff anything right there because you got your wedge. Wedges. Yeah, yeah. And I've got mm -hmm. coilovers and a bump stop, and I got all that stuff packaged in there. But it was kind of tough. And I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> for now we're done. You made yeah. a fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the bump pad is sitting on the radius arm. I'd like to integrate that into a link mount. So it's more solid, you know? So right now the pad is going through a bushing to the axle housing. It's just, it oh. feels kind of jank, you know, not bad at all. Feels kind of jank. Yeah. In to, quotes. Yeah. Built so well. <laughs> I had to work with what I had. Built, but built it'd, very nicely. It'd be nice to have the options. If I want to go to a three link or a parallel right. four link, I could do that. Right now I'm kind of stuck with radius arms. How, with how's, the the, how's the packaging to get three link up through everything else? I think I could package a three link in there because you don't Passenger? have to worry about it on one side, right? Passenger upper? Likely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's that's the that's my whole deal is like I think about three link on the low key all the mm -hmm. time. I'm like, oh I'm I'm building I know this. you're pretty much there, right? I'm building it would take nothing to do it. Right. I'm like, I, I'm building this so I can eventually go to three link. And then I think about it, I'm like, it it just works. Yeah. Like, I know. And it works so well. I, I hear guys and hate so on like, radius arms yeah. and I'm like, man, I've been wheeling it for like essentially my whole life and the thing articulates like crazy Yep, and I don't get wheel hop too bad. You know, yeah. it'd be nice to be able That'd to control that stuff thing, with a link geometry. That's the one thing. You could thing, dial that yeah. in. And then on top of that, like I say that like, oh, it would be nice to control it with link geometry, but mm -hmm. you're going to be limited by your body until you start sawzawing more. Oh yeah. There's like for some me, spatial constraints I'm for sure. I'm pretty sure if I wanted to do it, 
to get the geometry I need, I would probably have to raise the passenger floorboard a mm-hmm. little bit. I'd have to put a yep. tunnel in there a little bit yep. to get my length to come through there. It's yeah. of how, because of how low I sit. I know yeah, it's yeah, tight yeah. right yep. now yeah. with the radius arms. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Anyways, back, back to, to the 44 build. Yep. And so it's a 79 housing <laughs> cast wedges. It was full width at the time. Turns out if you narrow it exactly six inches, so you lop six inches off of the passenger side, it allows you to run early Bronco length shafts. Oh. Yep. So I've got a full size inner <laughs> on the driver's side and I've got a Bronco length inner on the passenger side. Get and then, out of here. Yeah. And I'm running Chevy knuckles with high steer, small bearing spindles with Ford hubs. So I've got five on five and a half pattern hmm. to match the rear. Nice. And then I've got Chevy outers. And those, so, the, she- the Ford spindles, Right, they bolt up to the Chevy hubs. Yep, you got to have the small bearing spindles with the Ford hub. Ah, okay. Hmm. Yep, got it. So you Chevy had like Chevy, a big bearing and small bearing spindles. You said Chevy yeah. outers. Yep, outer shafts. Oh, oh, because oh, they're running through the yeah. Chevy spindle. Right? Is it the ten and a quarter? Uh, I don't know lengthwise. I know because there's a there's like a nine seventy five. There's like ten and a quarter. I'm not sure. I've got two sets of chromos right. in house, so I don't have to worry about yeah, it. That's right. <laughs> I don't swap make the, it I don't, if I break one. I uh, don't take those measurements anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you call chromo outer. It has two uh, secret slots. Yep. They're snap ring yes. slots. Oh, it's like, well, you just put this in wherever you want. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. That could be the case. Yeah. And how many have interfere. you broken? Uh, I've broken two or three. Oh, you have? I thought yeah, you were really? going to say I have. No. Yeah. <laughs> on 37s. Yeah. I broke one in mud. I yeah, broke a long I side was, I was in mud. literally just being like, that's what you get for playing in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, it was crazy. And I don't get nuts in the mud. I don't go like bashing all my shit, but I was just crawling around. I run tube doors and everything. And I was in like single low second gear, just cruising along and just pop. I don't know what happened. Oh, weird. Yeah. So Fatigue. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe stress. Um, so I run that. I just got standard 760 joints in it, non-greasable spicer stuff. I tried Yukon joints with greasable caps, and I think I broke one. That's, oh, really? the, that's the one that I broke at Flat Nasty. I told you that trip when I broke in the first five minutes. Oh, yeah. Coming yeah. up one of the waterfalls, wiped out one of those joints that wow. took out my shafts as well. So I went Ooh. back to the cabin and swapped that back in. The broke trunnion in. broke, I assume, then. Yeah. Yeah. And you think it was wow. because it had the hole drilled for the... Yeah. Yeah. That's what I assume. So I just went back to the Spicer stuff. I haven't had issues. For, what, for the cap? For the greaser. For the grease. Yeah. The, oh, the, so the, the, cross, oh, the cross was drilled or the cross wasn't drilled? I don't know. I better back up. I don't know if the cross was drilled. It had greasable caps. Greasable so caps. Oh, if every cap is greasable, yeah. then you don't need to cross and drill the trunnion. Right. Either way, I broke the thing, so I was like, fuck Interesting. That. I also spices. run factory. I'll bet you it's a deflection yeah. issue like Mike has. Mm. Could be. I also run <laughs> SPL joints with the triple seals, yep. and they yep. usually when I take them off, they're like brand new grease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Super how? nice joints. All yeah. the, all and the they're solid. Are, yeah. All the bearings are crushed. The grease is still blue. Yep. <laughs> or, or white white or whatever. Red. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, really red in those? I think so. I'll be darned. So anyway, mm. yep. so you, yeah, so you swapped in a set of shafts and you narrowed it. Yep. And that's about it. Chevy how knuckles you, with brand How did you narrow arms. it? Did you cut the tube in the center? Since it's got the cast wedges, yes. I cut the weld right at the edge of that cast at the wedge. Inner cast wedge. Yep, at the inner weld joint. Mm-hmm. And then you just knock it off with a mini sledge and you just knock the did, whole inner C and wedge casting off, off. the tube. Hmm. Chop six inches off, press it back on. Oh, okay. Yep. Nice. Super easy. Super easy to do. Um, like I said, that was 2009. So I was still pretty green with all how that hard, stuff. How hard was that to reset your caster? To dial the caster back in. I think it's off. Oh, really? One side has a little more caster than the other. Yeah, now that I'm a bit older and my skills are a bit more refined, I think yeah. one is just slightly off. I haven't measured it to confirm that, but I did the best I could with the Without, tools that I had Don't measure time. it. Yeah, I'm Without, not even going to know that. that. Yeah. It Without, drives fine, leave it alone. Yep. I yeah. say I think it's a little bit off because it's got a slight pull to the driver's or the passenger side, just yeah. a little bit. And that could be road crown, you know, mm-hmm. like who knows? I just, I adjust my steering wheel. So the light preload that I keep on it to the left keeps the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all good. That's, yeah. that's where your OCD comes in. Yeah. 
guys. I know. No, it's all good. So I was working in the farm shop unheated. I had a stick welder and angle grinder and that's how I was doing things back then. And, uh, stick you don't have any solid references on the inner C with a full casting, yep. you know? So how do you get your angles dialed up? That's um, what I was, it was tough. That's what I was going to say is like without a jig, that would be extremely yeah. hard. So I measured, measured, mm -hmm. measured, and finally decided that I was good enough with it and burned it in. And that's what I've been running. How would you do that? Would you, you would build a jig, you would build a jig with some stuff on like with some, with some two uprights on the outside to hold the axle in place. I'd use, some <laughs> I'd use the uh, spindle bolt holes on the knuckle. Probably. Oh, make sure it's got uh, new ball joints. So there's yeah. no play, but knuckle on it. Yeah. Those holes are going to be probably, straight through than, all the way across. That's easier than what I was thinking. I was thinking you would just make a apparatus on the side that had two ball joints in it. Yeah, and you just you just build that to the axle with ball joints, and then you just knock the ball joints out, and then when you yeah. put it back together, you That's just, probably you just how slide it. Dana does it. You just slide mm -hmm. it. Yep. They might but, even they might even machine the ball joint taper after the axle is assembled. Uh, I could see that. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe not. That'd be kind of stupid. Is there any flat point. surface on that that C that you the could just joint. put a digital? Oh, so you put joint. a digital angle finder on it and just match it. Yeah, where the taper is, they have a it's oh, a flat machine right. surface, yep. so that would be yeah. where you would do it. But it's it's also a compound bend, right? Because it bends in, mm -hmm. and you oh, have to geez, go forward. Yeah. So yeah, when you have a jig, tricky. it's probably very easy really when you're tricky. originally manufacturing the axle. Yeah, oh, you'd yeah. have to make the jig. You're right, you just build the jig first. It's yeah. Not a, yeah, there's not really a great way. That to do made it. me curious because I've always thought about that. I know, yeah, because it would be super nice to knock all that stuff apart. And reset your pinion angle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for keep sure. Your, keep your caster at like seven degrees and oh, bring that yeah, pinion up. You know, three, three, your three degrees. Yep. That'd be nice. Yep. Now, if oh, you're yeah. if you're doing it in advance, you could put like if you, it's already set, right? Mm -hmm. You could like weld something to the axle tubes, mm. and then have a jig made for that. And then you cut that off after you. Yeah, just pull keep them everything out. local to the axle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, Smart. interesting. You could even if you have everything out of the carrier, you could just bolt it right to the face of the of mm -hmm. the. Uh, the, center diff. The cover flange. Or, yeah, just mm -hmm. the, the cover, cover flange, flange yeah. yeah. And then you can pull it right that. That'd be oh, interesting. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Would be. Well, no, you wouldn't want to do that because you're going to change the pinion angle. Oh. Well, if you were doing <laughs> that. Yeah, if you're doing that. But yeah, if, if, you, if, you, were, if you were just shortening yeah, it, that would yeah. totally work. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So yeah, that's so that. It's a, it's a pretty, it's an awesome rig to look at. Mm -hmm. um, that narrowed front diff is actually what got you in trouble this last trip. <laughs> Not by your fault, but actually by my fault. I didn't give you any warning because... When so at the end of the day when we got done at Badlands you fell off in that mud hole and oh, tried to yeah. roll it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, man. not even a mud hole. It wasn't a mud hole. It was just a trail, but it's really cut out. Yeah, and I've already been through it a couple times in the Jeep, and it's wonky and it feels very strange. But at the same time, like it's no big deal. And uh, I, I just when you kind of fell into it, I was like, ah, it's rough, but you'll be okay. Yeah. What is Mike doing in there? <laughs> blowing his nose and flushing the toilets with the door open. And he's making all kind of racket. You guys probably can't hear him. But yeah. Matt and Derek are over here just cracking. Yeah, we don't up. have Matt and I don't have headphones Sorry. on because there's only enough for Mike, Bray, and Steve. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, when I saw you drop into that, I didn't think anything of it. And then you like, I started hearing metal crunch. I'm like, oh no! And I'm like, why is that? I was like, is it that much deeper than what it used to be? And I kind of boggled me for a second but once we got you out of it i started thinking i was like oh god he doesn't have any tire to save him yeah like, when you're not full width your body takes the brunt of the load when you lay it against yeah. the wall i didn't think and, about that uh, when you started trying to pull off and i was like oh yeah you'd be fine i thought i'd be fine and this was my logic we're back in the quarry and there's only like full-size vehicles and side-by-sides allowed mm -hmm. back there anyways and if they can drive it i can drive it right mm. so drop a tire down in it and uh i could have driven it but it would have been ugly one yeah. one mm. more thing about that wheel about the your, your track width before we move on to the next whatever it is of the sure. of the ranger. 
watching that thing work when we were at flat nasty was awesome because we were with a bunch of their full size rigs. You were literally the smallest and narrowest rig. <laughs> yeah. And watching Matt, who is in his 102 inch yeah. wide uh, Cummins crawler with the with the two and a half ton Rockwells and 47s, he's trying to navigate this trail. The only problem is, is that when you're that wide, you you have less options for lines. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to go with, you know, the one of three lines that wherever it fits, yeah, go where it wherever fits. it fits. Yep. Right. And so he got hung up on this log actually underneath the on the skid plate. It was a stump. He got hung up. You remember that? I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> he got hung up. He tried to go over a stump. Of course, he's so tall at the belly height on that thing at that time. I was like 28 or something oh, stupid. Yeah. It's huge. And so he's like, well, I'll just drive over it. And he did just drove over it. Well, it as he was driving over, it, it caught just perfectly. Something moved it just right. And it just wedged up underneath of him. And it took us a little bit to get him off that. And like. Well, he's in there getting spoolie boy with the turbo and also like, he was getting yeah. rowdy. Yeah. He, was, he was getting upset. He like he's like, rearranged the trail a little bit. He's yeah, like, I'm big. Stuff. I should not be stuck here. Yeah. And uh and he got rowdy and, and finally got off of it. And Bray, and Bray just like comes in behind him. He's like, yeah. He didn't even Bray didn't even stop. He just drove around it. And it was like, wow. Yeah, when Matt was done, the stump no longer existed. The stump was turned on its side. All the roots were like what the bottom of it would have been root. That was on Sleepy Hollow, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? yeah. Yeah. It was a, that was, that's a fun trail. It, it was, was fun, fun to watch that unfold. Cause of course that thing hood stack and turbo. Oh, man. I mean, it's it getting <laughs> wild. <laughs> it's, it's just like, a monster truck. It's just a diesel monster truck. It's hard, to, it's hard to spot sometimes. Cause you can't hear what he's saying. He can't hear what yeah, you're saying. Yeah. You, have, you have to use hand yeah. signals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It, that was in that scenario, especially there was one of us on each side trying to like, Oh see yeah, what, and he was you can't pissed. see you can't see both sides of the rig, right? You know, like I don't know what's and going he kept on. That side. At you and me, and yeah, you he's and like, oh, one of you guys. I'm like, he's like one spotter. <laughs> yep, you're yeah. too big don't for work. one spotter. You've over. It's too wide. Yeah, but channel it through one spotter. <laughs> yep. Yeah, tell him this. Yeah. You guys right. need cue so, cards. That's well, one of the cool now, things. Now <laughs> Matt needs a rugged radio set, and we'll just radio to yeah, him. Exactly. There you go. That's one of the cool things about that thing being so narrow. Yeah, line selection. Shut up, Derek. One spotter. <laughs> I'm definitely the most guilty of jumping in when I shouldn't for spotting. So I apologize to anybody who's ever been on that. No, no, that's all good. So yeah, having the line selection is fun. And that gets my brain going when I roll up to an obstacle and knowing that there's a few different options that I can take, you know, you pick the one that you think will do best. And if it doesn't work, you can try another one. How, now, can you going. real quick, can you tell us how it is that you select the exact perfect line every time? <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of that comes from experience at the Badlands. I've driven all those lines a lot, but uh, I don't know. I just try to keep the tires up on the rocks and try to see what it'll do. Being locked front and rear, you usually have traction. So I try to keep the tires on the ground. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just drive up on the big rocks. It usually pulls itself up. Uh-huh. When we were at Winrock in 2019, that was one of the things where, you know, we ended up by the end of the day, you were going up everything first because everybody else was out there in full size, wide stuff. And, you know, it just took forever for them to go. It's like send Bray up the hill. It's like a little mountain go. Just climbs yeah. right up the thing. And like, OK, well, that should be easy for um, no one else. <laughs> it is a pretty nimble little rig. Um, and it's funny running around with you full size guys because it wasn't always that way. So when I do get out with the Jeeps and stuff, those guys are small and super nimble, and I feel like the big guy. Um, really? So it's nice being in with a group of full sizes. That's surprising. I would think that you would just totally hang with the Jeeps, and like they wouldn't even realize that you weren't a Jeep. Like I've become one of them. <laughs> yeah, they I do pretty well. Their own. But like when you guys have to Austin Powers around turns sometimes, occasionally oh, yeah. that's me when I'm in with the, yeah, with the Jeeps. Yeah, because you still have a longer wheelbase oh, than most yeah, Jeeps. for sure. I know how to fix that. 
How's that? Selectables. I know. <laughs> selectables yeah. and selectable rear, at least, and dig. You have an ox in the rear. You exactly. can make it selectable. Yep. And I almost reached out to you this week, but everything turns into a slippery slope and I didn't want to spend any more money, but mm-hmm. I'll probably put an actuator on the rear end. So at least I'll have a true selectable okay. rear. It's got an ox in it right now. And What's whenever in- I, when I get to the park, it's got the, uh, the drive away screw or whatever. So I just run that in manually and the rear is locked hundred percent of the time when spool, I'm wheeling. basically. When yeah. you oh, so you spool front rear then? Yeah. What the, what's in the front? Yeah. A spool. Oh, it was actually spool. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you caught the episode where we talked about uh, lockers and stuff like that and some of the different things. Curry has a video on YouTube where they do a front, rear, and both. Like which mm. which option is the best? Sure. And I guess as it turns out, it is best to have your front spooled. Yep. And your rear open because the the actual when the rear is locked and the front is open, which is what I thought would be the best. Mm-hmm the actual, the rear end actually still pushes. For sure. Yeah. Big time. And yep. that's a good segue into another topic. I've been following so, these guys with moon buggies out at Sand Hollow and they're all running mm-hmm. like Jesse Dual Haynes. Yeah. yeah, man. Jesse Haynes chassis and they run selectables with cutting brakes in the rear and they say they'll Jesus. leave the front lock. Some guys are spooled up front and then they just run open in the rear and grab their cutting brake whenever they need to drive traction and power oh, really? to whatever oh, tire. They said wow. they use their rear locker maybe 1% of the time when they're wheeling. I believe it. And wow. it's just to get them moving. And once they're moving, you'll see them stop, deselect it, and they're back to cutting brakes. So I was listening to Steve. What's that guy? There's a He's a guy that, owns moon, that runs moon buggies. I can't think of his last name now. Um, but anyway, one of the trail breaker videos, yeah. um, when they, like when they're walking behind him and he's running that, running the trail, mm-hmm. uh, he was kind of explaining the whole, like why they run selectables and why he's open 95% of the time. Yep. The only time he ever locks his lockers in is if he needs them to get up. Exactly. Obstacle. Yep. We're probably and, watching the same guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, one of the things that he was talking about on that was, uh, the reason to be open is so that you don't have, uh, extra wear on the axle uh, fatigue oh interesting limit, limit fatigue on the axle shafts mm-hmm. because if you're locked then the, then the axle shafts actually getting trying to turn the other direction sure so it'd be like trying to be in the reverse yep and he was mm-hmm. saying yeah he was saying that by having an open diff all the time you limit the wear the fatigue on the actual shafts itself what these guys were saying was speaking to what you said previously is if your rear is locked it tries to push you and mm-hmm. especially if you have all the weight on your rear axle mm-hmm. of course your yeah, axle is just going to try to go straight yeah, right they're pretty balanced so yeah that would be a real issue for them yeah and when you're standing the thing straight up in the air your rear axle is dictating what the rest of the vehicle does yep. and they're all rear steer so they can drive like the whole rig with the rear steer it's just insane man i, mean, I love oh, that stuff cutting brakes on the rear would be awesome because there's been times when i'm like man if i could choose which wheel had traction yeah, and just let the other exactly. kind of follow yeah that'd be nice not just for like getting around stuff and like doing a really sharp turn mm-hmm. but like i'm like oh man if i could just unlock the rear that'd be awesome I, was... I would disagree that on a longer wheelbase rig especially a pickup where there's a lot of weight on the front mm-hmm. having it spooled in the front would suck oh. i had a spool in the front <laughs> it doesn't suck it, it doesn't suck. I, it, ah. having selectable sucks way less because i can disengage the front locker and go around a turn and the steering wheel will just turn Mm-hmm. And yeah. it'll stay turned. And it's like, you wonderful. can tell there's so much less stress on the whole drivetrain. That would be nice. I would it agree is. with the steering, <laughs> but I would disagree that a spool isn't great for a full-size rig because I fucking love Compared it. Compared to open? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you, oh, but, but of all traction devices, well, selectable versus spool, a selectable is... If selectables were free, I'd probably have a selectable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course you would. Like, why would you not? Because exactly. then, because then open, I'm just saying, because open diff whenever you're driving it just normal and then spools when you need yeah. that. Yep. That's what I was saying. Like that was an expensive adventure for me. Um, I did get a good deal on both of mine. Luckily, that was just kind of luck of the draw. I just fell into that. But for the 
probably close to two grand that it would cost you to jump into it. With my axle set, yours would be a little more. Uh, being that you have, well, because the 14 bolt, I don't know what the what the locker for a 14 is. I don't know. Do they have a zip for the 14? No. They no have idea. an E-locker, I believe. Really? There's and an ARB. ARB and there's no aux yet. They're working on it supposedly, working on but they've been it, yeah. working on it for like five years. Yeah, they had it in that weird. Jeep. They had it in that Jeep. Deck the most popular check. rear axle ever. I think it's like, really oh, difficult yeah. because of like where the axle is located and the fact that it engages through the diff cover, uh, or how the mm. how, sorry how the carrier is located. I meant. Yeah, I guess um, so. Harder than a nine inch, which is similar, but is a dropout. Right. Yeah. That must be the difference. Hmm. They have a ox locker on. A nine no, inch? but no. they have a zip. Oh yeah, yeah. And but so the ox like, you know, is the the yeah. thing about ox is that all of the engagement goes through the diff cover and it allows you to either run with raise running with the drive away screw, which is spool it. Mm -hmm. You can do a mechanical like shifter in mm -hmm. your cab. Like you can do an electric right? actuator or air, which is what I'm running. You, you've oh, got, you're running, oh, you're running air. Okay. I'm running but air you because had, you had the cable at one point. Didn't no, you? No. no, you never did. No, I have the drive away school screw in my glove box, which yep. I did use on UA because for some yes. reason my solenoid wasn't working and it was mm. just a, a little connection and rattled loose. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have that too, because it's like, well, my locker's not working. Put the screw in. Now that's, it's a spool. Yeah, that's yep. wonderful. And Definitely. then you go home and fix it or whatever. Yep. I found out when my rear locker wasn't working, I was like, oh, if you have 40s and flicks, you really don't need lockers. <laughs> like it's just not not it as helps, important though. as you would have thought. That's how I ran for a long time. I had the locker up front, which is essentially a spool. It was an Aussie, but it never ratcheted. And then the rear was limited slip. I was on 35s at the time, and I went places, man. Like mm -hmm. yep. it does really well. And then once I got into UA, I was rebuilding the whole thing. That's when I stepped up to 37s, got the trail readies, spooled the front. And I don't know. You did all yeah. that kinds of stuff. You did all that before UA? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. So I got accepted. You did that in a month? I got accepted to the Dirty Dozen. Yeah. And then I got wheels, tires, went to 37s. Mm -hmm. When I was rebuilding the front end, I guess it already had a spool in it. So I'm getting ahead of myself. But yeah. Well, I did. Ahead. I did weld the rear in preparation for UA, I didn't have a rear locker, so I had to get that taken care of. So I just welded it and talking to the expense of selectables. When you start burning through tires, it rationalizes that expense real quick. Yeah. Especially so, for guys that drive it. Yeah. That lot. was 2012. I had a welded rear end and I was still daily driving the thing. Oh, and yeah, if you oh, daily it. Yeah. I mm -hmm. went through three sets of 37s in three years Ouch. and I was wow. like, I'm going selectable. So I put it even a, with rotation, with the ox in it. the entire set. Yeah, I don't know if I was too good about rotation. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, you, you'd smoke the rears and then move the fronts yeah, to the back and buy a new set for the front. Yep. But you went through three pairs, at least three pairs. Yes, I went through a lot of tires. Wow, but I was putting a lot, lot of miles on it too. It, yeah. was, it was my daily and I yeah. was just barking yeah. tires around every turn. Funny enough though, yeah, like if you'd have bought a $800 locker at that time. For exactly. That yeah, would have paid for money. Real quick. I'd have saved a whole set of tires, which was probably about 800 bucks. It would have paid for itself in the first pair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you're considering doing that, yeah. And you're driving it. Yep. Yep. It's worth going selectable. And it's so nice to just, it just drives like a stock vehicle. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, look, I'm a minivan. I will say Ish. that even even like the ratcheting style lockers in the rear aren't as nice as a selectable when you yeah. drive it on yeah. the street. Because it, it doesn't go through tires nearly as fast as a spool, but the inside tire is almost always the one that's driving. So it'll, uh, some if you give it too much gas around a turn, mm -hmm. it'll chirp and engage. And oh, then yeah. you're like, er, 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 yep. and you're like, god damn it. We used to do that around town all the time back when we had the, when we first got, I had a Grizzly mat, had a Detroit, mm -hmm. and you'd go to turn a corner somewhere and like say you're at a traffic light and you're trying to go in between two cars that are coming over, you stand on it. <laughs> yeah, like, it locks up. Especially with those with our two Jeeps that had no sway bars. Yep. And you know, just radius arm, like you stand on it. That thing body just stands up and mm -hmm. then like, yep, it just instantly as soon as it slips a tire, which is really easy because it's literally only trying to power one tire. It's not like a spider yep. set that actually does drive both. Mm -hmm. It's only drive one. So like it'll spin that that first tire lickety split and it's then, usually the inside one and then yeah. 
it engages and the whole vehicle and gets upset. Mm -hmm. and yeah. You get like a weird, yep. but yeah, it's not, it's not hard to spend one tire. Very easy to spend one tire. Yeah. Right? I went so, back and forth on that for a long time. Detroit versus selectable. Cause yeah. back in the day, everybody ran Detroit's. It was mm -hmm. like the locker yeah. to get right. Especially when you built it. Yeah. Yeah. But they're still super expensive. And if you're spending $700 on a Detroit, you may as well spend eight or $900 on a selectable, especially sure. when you don't need an actuator, you know, you yeah. can get the driveway bolt or screw. I'd say the yeah. 14 bolt, Detroit and Grizzlies are pretty cheap because it's it's basically a huge lunchbox because mm, the carrier yeah. comes apart. But that's the only it, axle like it's that. It's just yep. an orb. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot it's of this orb. is because you guys both drive your rigs everywhere. If that's I drove true. Snow Day well, everywhere, I don't know if I would love having welded front and rears. Probably not. Yeah, especially at least like rear. Miles at least rear. Front, yeah. with the, front you like can nice. disengage the locking hubs, but rear. Yeah, yeah. With the current cost of your tires you're running, you oh, definitely. Like oh jeez. But yeah. a thousand mm -hmm. miles a year it gets. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. Just drive it to work a few times. Whatever. It's, it's going to be less sticky. than a thousand miles now that you trailer it everywhere. Probably. Mm -hmm. Dang. It is fun to drive on the street though. It is. But those tires are so soft that they don't bark corners. They just scrub tire tread off. Just like tractor. Just leave tractor marks. Just leave tractor marks. That's the thing. Like, it is nice to drive them on the road, though, because if you get to drive them on the road, it gives you an opportunity to shake stuff down that you normally wouldn't notice. Oh, yeah, because you're not usually going 55 miles an hour in an off road park. Yeah. That's like when I get ready to go somewhere, like off road, and I'm like, do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? I'm like, you're going like eight miles an hour. You don't need to do anything. Even if something falls off, you're like, oh, well, and it did. I mean, <laughs> what fell off, Mike? What? It's fine. Lug nut. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's like it. Five of them. <laughs> Just the lug nuts. And the wheel. Yeah. You wouldn't think that eight mile an hour would cause that, but yeah. whatever. You get very familiar with your rig when you're driving it on the street. Yes. And that's what all the guys on UA commented on. They're like, man, I can't believe you aren't having any issues or whatever. And I was like, I just drive the thing. It's still my DD, you know, and yeah. if something's going wrong, I know it. And they're like, that's a huge component to it because yep. you drive it so much. Yeah. You know that everything works and it's proven itself to you. Nothing needs attention. And yep. I'd awesome. be willing to bet you were the only person on UA that was wheeling there daily. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not the, to say that you couldn't, Derek, daily. but I'm just saying that, like, you yeah, don't. Yeah, I didn't know. It, it, it was not my primary. daily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was It was literally Bray's primary. But I did yeah. drive it all of 2020. I, yeah. I put so few miles on the Mazda in preparation, oh, yeah. in preparation there, for it because I was like, I mean, I didn't know for sure that I was going to get selected, but I had a hunch. Is there UA 2012 on YouTube that you can watch? Uh, I'm not sure if it's on YouTube. I do have a hard copy DVD. Mm -hmm. Can you go ahead and burn that to your, like, can you That'd rip that to your computer and then like put that on YouTube for us? <laughs> yeah. Cause nobody else has it. Yeah. I think that would yeah, be awesome. Mm. I think the furthest I've seen back is like four. It might be on motor turned on demand. I don't know. I'll I don't check think it I found it. I, don't think, it no, like, I right. think it only goes back to 14. 14 or 15. I think so. Which is ridiculous because you know, they have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't I would, seen it in I years. I would really like to watch that episode. Mm -hmm. I've yeah, never seen it. For sure. It to my knowledge. It was a good one. Pacific Northwest. We started oh in my Bend, Oregon, yeah, Oregon, Washington, Charles. Idaho, and Montana. Yeah. Nice. Longest trip I'd ever been on at that time. And it kind of kick-started my long distance wheeling trips. It was awesome. It definitely changes things once you do it. Yeah. Prior to yeah. that, I just wheeled the Midwest, you know, mm -hmm. hit the Badlands, went to Flat Nasty, Missouri, stuff like that. And then we got selected for this and we're like, man, it's happening. And then rebuild the mm -hmm. whole truck in a month threw my brother in the passenger seat and we're driving across country. It was, I don't know, 1400 miles to the start location, tube doors the whole way. Oh my gosh. It was, uh, they do it during 4th of July week. So it started pretty warm, but coming through the mountains, it got cold at two in the morning. Did you guys were in plugs whole time? Uh, we did not. I think we wow. had them in there. It wasn't too bad. I was okay. running BF Goodrich KM2s at the time. Relatively mm -hmm. quiet tire on the road, so it wasn't terrible. But when you're in it for so long, it gets monotonous, man. It's the wind. It's just, and you were also yeah. saying that at the Badlands that the wind is actually not that bad with tube doors on. Yeah, it's not terrible. Really? Um, 
I don't know, similar to a convertible, I suppose. It just, it creates like a negative air pressure in the cab, just like anything else. And you have a light breeze cutting through there all the time, but it's not like you're riding a motorcycle out of windshield. Yeah, it's not bad. I had, uh, years ago, rolling around doorless in the Cherokee and the the B pillar on the Cherokee is like right at your shoulder. Uh, So that might be a big component. Catching a lot of wind. But if you have the back windows rolled up, that wind just is so sharp in your ear. Uh, Actually, it hurts. All I did, all I did was drive from my, from Champaign to, uh, uh, Danville to go to the Cultus and back. And it was just a windy day. It was like 20 mile an hour winds. It wasn't mm-hmm. cold. Like we were in t-shirts with the doors off and actually ended up with an ear infection from it. Wow. Oh, dang. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> just from, I, I guess from that much wind, just, you know, hitting Hammering the whole time, I head. guess, I don't yeah. know wind wind burn on your eardrum. I don't know what the hell happened, Yeah, but yeah, it, was, it wasn't uh, too bad. That learned my lesson on that one. If it's windy, if it's breezy and you get the doors off, there's earplugs in the center console. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Yep. It's a lot better. <laughs> yeah. I keep them in there now for sure. Cause it starts yeah. to get old. Even this last Badlands trip, we're wearing earplugs. You New guys were suited up dude. so hard. You had like ski goggles and yeah. masks and, and heater, heater piping into your jackets. <laughs> it was like 30 <laughs> degrees outside, man. We were oh, leaving at funny. five in the morning. It was chilly. It was so, uh, so that's your, so you built the truck and went to UA. Yep. Um, You've changed the bed since. Wait, hold on. Before we jump it? off of UA, so did, what? How did? How was UA? Did you have any okay. issues? Oh, or was UA it was awesome. Reliable the whole time. Um, I will say ninety nine point nine percent of the time it was reliable for the whole trip. For the actual UA event, it was a hundred percent reliable. So we wow. drove all the way out there, did the whole week with those guys. Everything was great, and then we had like seventeen hundred miles for the drive home, and I had a joint in the drive shaft start squeaking. So hmm. we just swapped it out for the spare drive shaft and kept on trucking. Didn't replace nice. any parts. Just swap that shaft out. And kept <laughs> on it's going. awesome when on the UA nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. at all. It was fine. You're never the one holding up the crew. Yeah, yeah. just waiting on everybody else. That's like amazing. It. And that was the goal, right? You don't want to be yeah. the trail plug, especially yep. at an event like that. You want everything Although, to be reliable. Nowadays, you get more coverage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, nothing's uh, breaking when you roll kidding. it. I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not upset about it or yeah. anything. Uh, we got into some hairy situations for sure, but yeah, nothing <laughs> broke, luckily. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. The I was, After you, so when did you when did you put the, I guess from UA to now, what other things have you done in addition to that build? Yep. UA was in 2012. And like I said, that kickstarted my long distance wheeling mm-hmm. career. And after that, I was like, I can conquer the world. So the year after <laughs> that, scheduled a trip out to Moab. I was thought you were going to say Australia. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Literally the world. Literally. Yeah. Uh, talked a coworker into going with me. Same guy that came with me to the Badlands this last time. Uh-huh. And we suited up and headed out to Moab for the week following Easter Jeep Safari. So we caught big Saturday and stayed for the following week. And that was a cold trip too. We're leaving. It was late March, early April, whenever that landed all the way out there with tube doors. Nobody else went with us. So just a solo trip in the truck had a blast. Um, probably one of the best trips that I've ever been on. And I've been chasing that for a long time. Um, so ever since then went to Moab again in 2014, took a break in 2015, went back in 2016, wheeled Colorado, uh, drove it down to New Mexico, uh, took my now wife all the way down to Florida, came back up wheeling through Arkansas, like all kinds of stuff. Went Holy on big cow. cross country trips in this rig, uh, tube doors every time and just love it. It makes the road trip an adventure too. Even with the, the wife? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the whole way. It was our, uh, it was Bray and Shay's Southwestern tour. Um, I think that was 2013 as well. So we doubled it up that year, went to Moab in the spring and then down to Florida later that year. Nice. Um, that whole time just beat up the body. We were getting into stuff. Oh yeah. And, uh, it was getting to the point that I was struggling to keep taillights in it. Like I'd blow a taillight out of it. And then when I'd go to bolt the new one in, like the little plastic inserts that the <laughs> screws would go into, we're getting all 
beat up and stuff. And I was like, I got to find a new bed. So I searched for a long time to find a short bed that was the same color as my truck. And I finally mm -hmm. found one down in, uh, oh, where the hell was it? Oklahoma, I nice. think. Yeah, that's where you go. Yeah. Wow. I remember you and, telling uh, me about it. It sounds like it was Yep. So I threw so. the utility trailer on the back of the Golf, drove all the way down there, and then used the bed mount bolts to secure it to the deck of my trailer. So I was pulling like a bed trailer behind the <laughs> Golf all the way home. It was awesome. Got that bed back. Uh, same color, super clean. Got it from a company that buys Rangers, pulls the beds off, and then puts like garbage truck yes. boxes on them. So they just what? had a what? stack was, of boxes. It was yeah. literally a brand new box. Yeah. It was Jeez. super clean. What year did it come off of? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. Okay. But I, uh, I it had the newer taillights. Yeah, it had it? newer taillights in oh. it. So it had to be 98 plus. My yeah. truck's a 96. Yeah. So anyways, That's good. The 96 tailors are ugly anyway. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Burn. I'm just picturing a garbage truck Ford Ranger now. And I'm like, I know. no, that can't be a thing. Exactly. It definitely can't be a thing for the suburbs. Yeah. Yep. yep. Especially in alleys, right? Mm -hmm. They'll, they'll oh, like yeah. back down an alley, manually dump all these um, trash cans in it, and then they'll dump it into a bigger You put a yeah. thousand, or sure. a thousand pounds or the... so of trash in there and then head back to wherever dump site. And I guess so. Actually, they're also common um, in hilly areas where you mm. can't, like when Get we were out in- LA, we rented an Airbnb and there's just like no way you could have gotten, gotten like you can, I don't mm. even think my truck could fit up this road. Like it was so wow. tight and steep. Wow. Let alone a garbage truck. So like if you had a Ford Ranger with a little garbage thing. Interesting. Back, I've just never seen one. So it seems really strange. Modern to... solutions for age old problems. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Got the new bed back super clean. So I wanted to protect it a little bit this time. So before swapping it on, uh, I built, I guess it's a bed cage. So it bolts down to the bed inside of the bed wraps around and then it's got some sliders that go through the bed tubes that punch through i suppose and then sliders that run down the length of the bed just to try to keep do it you have off any pictures of that i do for sure yep shoot me a couple of those yep it's so a like sweet a, setup or or even you could just share a set of pictures of different stuff of the truck on the trail riders page in yeah kind of a totally block yeah yep because that that bed cage is it's like it's slick because it does <laughs> it's a lot production of things nice. yeah yeah like oh yeah i don't know if i want to like production i don't know if it's the top but like once you've done something 150 times it becomes very refined sure and that one-off piece is just that yeah it's it turned out refined. pretty slick yeah yep. so it lays flat on the bed floor and then it provides mounting points for my toolbox and spare tire and then my small cooler and my little tote package right behind the spare tire very nicely drop down into the bed and then i can ratchet strap it down yeah. Everything worked out really well. And I attached the rub rails along the side with interlocking tube clamps. So if I happen to bend one or whatever, uh, I can just unbolt it, build a new slider, bolt it back up to the main bed cage. It's pretty awesome. And I built that out of my small shop. Um, is, that's exactly what I was going to segue into. Yeah, it's a good segue <laughs> into the shop stuff. I don't think Limitless was formally established yet, so it wasn't a business yet, but I was doing stuff under the name Limitless Fabrication. And I was working out of a 20-foot by 12-foot single-stall detached garage. Um, and it was just jam-packed with stuff. So I had my mill in there, multiple welders, fabrication table, um, workbench <clears throat> with just my general fab stuff on it. It was super cramped. Did you, did you have the Ranger in there too when you were working on it or did you just like work on it and then have the Ranger out in the driveway? Yeah, it was out in the driveway. So unfortunately anything with appreciable size had to stay outside and yeah. that's a huge hindrance. Like I rebuilt some boat trailers that I had to do outside the shop, which is a huge pain. I built a aluminum duck blind for a guy that had to stay outside of shop walls, uh, working on my truck. I had to stay out there built a roll cage for a mustang outside of that small shop oh, a bunch of stuff you know and it got to the point that was like 
it's time to put up a building and get this stuff moved inside and start cleaning things up a little bit. So 2017, I put up the shell of the building. So it's a 40 by 60 pole barn, 18 foot ceilings, got that done. And then I was looking at putting a slab in it and brought it in for heat, had a slab poured and over the course of four years now, almost five years, it's coming along pretty well. So the interior is mostly finished. It's all sheeted. I've got LED high bay lights in it, floor heat. This is my first winter with floor heat uh, for the entire season. So that's awesome. And it's officially a business now. Started it in 2018. It's an LLC. So I am paying taxes. <laughs> it's important that you say it's that. Official. Yeah, just, just in case that the in government's there. listening. They always <laughs> listening, man. Oh, yeah, here. small plug. That's I'm on here. Instagram, Facebook, got a webpage, all that stuff. Just limitlessfabrication.com, um, .net, .org. I own all of them. There's a couple other limitless fabrications really? out there. Yeah, but they're limitless fab or limitless underscore fab, you know, so... I am the OG. You're, you're the you're the real one because you have the cation on the back. End. Exactly. Yeah. The real McCoy. <laughs> so what kind of stuff the do you vacation. work on besides like vehicular projects oh for people? Uh, I do a lot of general fabrication is how I like to describe it. So I do tube work, plate work, um, up to a certain extent. I'm limited on some capabilities, but I've got a small mill, small lathe. So I do some machine work specifically for a guy that rebuilds magnetos for a living. So I'll turn bushings for him, clean up shafts, just some repair work, stuff like that. Um done some stuff with boats i live at the north end of a lake and everybody drives by my shop when they're headed to the lake so i've built aluminum transoms and rebuilt boat trailers um built aluminum decks for boats stuff like that so all nice. materials all processes i suppose i don't want to oversell it by any means it's just a one-man shop and I get pretty busy. <laughs> but I'll ever sell it for yeah. you. Ray's really smart and really creative. So <laughs> I appreciate that. It's beautiful work. There's a, yeah. so yeah. There's a reason that Loki is going there. Yeah. Yep. Thanks and hopefully Snow Day. Well. Yep. Um, no so day. this last hopefully. year, it's interesting trying to figure out the business side of things. Like how are you going to schedule your work Fact. and how are you going to make sure you get everything done in a timely manner and charge the right price, make sure you can keep the lights on and keep everybody happy Go ahead, Steve. When you figure that out, will you let me know? <laughs> you know? I'm getting there. And I thought I had a solid approach to this last year. I was like, I'm going to bring in one sizable project a month and then I'll fill in the dead time with the smaller, like clean up machine shop work, you know, for the Magneto guy. I can turn him bushings in an afternoon or whatever. So that was the plan. And it started off awesome. Brought a side by side in. It got portals and 44s. And that was a huge build for the first month of the year and brought some other stuff in that was going really well. <clears throat> Wife was pregnant. Um, turns out she delivered super early. He was born at 26 weeks and then that threw a wrench into my plans big time. So where I previously thought I had three weeks to knock stuff out, to get the house ready and everything that was completely gone and plans changed. So last year was kind of a kibosh and I'm still working through my backlog, trying to get that stuff done through the first of the year. And then I've been working with Steve. We're hoping to get Loki in house in January and that'll kickstart 2022. I'm really trying to figure out how I'm going to get sliders done before it comes to you. <laughs> <laughs> get to work. Yep. I don't even know. Yeah. It's already on the trailer would, at your show. It would be a lot easier if neither of us had a little one at home. Oh, I know. It's crazy. Could, you know, we could probably work out something where like, oh, we'll just bring it to your shop and we'll just, I'll just come over just there and we'll do, do it. a week. We'll just spend a weekend just getting everything prepped so you can start working on yep. the cage or whatever. But like, yep. When you got little ones at home, it just doesn't work like that anymore. You yeah, it's wild. You can't man. set an entire weekend, a binge weekend aside and be like, hey, I'm not going to be home. So you take care of the kid. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Good luck. Yep. Schedules but, change and it's a compromise for sure. I got, as you can see, I got Loki here. So yep. um, I'm going to try to unload it. Yep, I'm going to unload it. <laughs> um, I'm going to unload it. I'm going to bring the tarp over here for the KJ. The KJ is going to go in the 
um, in the actual shop, in the polishing shop. Nice. And then, not great. Not my favorite thing to do, but you know, it's going to be um, in the meantime, it'll be it'll work. Most of my tools are in the Jeep anyway, like physical hand tools. And then I just need to bring over uh, my grinders and bring over the welder. I'm just the, glad you've succumbed to it. The, the you two have power car. and everything here for the welder? <laughs> yeah, the two-car garage got everything. And if it nice. doesn't, the, the panel is just on the other side of the wall. Mm. So I can literally just put a plug in if I want. Yep. Or like extension cord through the easily and all that stuff. Easily yeah. right through the wall. There's a spot oh. in the wall I can just run nice. an extension cord through if I need nice. to. Yep. And I got a heavy-duty outlet right on the other side of the wall. Sweet. So if if need be, I can use my 100-foot um, I can use my hundred foot extension cord that I have for polishing and just run right at the wall. Well, but, uh, I mean, step one is getting your stuff over here because yeah. you sure as shit aren't going to get anything done if it's not here. The welders give me the trick. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just trying to figure out how to schedule work and Jeep. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the tricky part. I'm probably what's going to have to happen is I'm going to have to come in here at between four and five a.m. every day, and then just hammer out on the Jeep as much as I can before I go to work. Yep. Is probably what's going to end up having to happen because I can't do it in the evening. Like I can't shut down at five and then tell Jess, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to handle seven. See ya. Yep. <laughs> get, just get a time clock and just make punches. Make sure oh, yeah. that you're not late any day. And... I need to order a time clock. It's really? actually, it's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. I, mean, I do. Yeah. I mean, not with the it. punches, but like if you just had a big clock that buzzed whenever you needed to like switch. There's a just... whistle for mm-hmm. lunch and everything. Quit time. He drops cool. everything. There's actually an intercom system in here, so if I could figure out how to wire that up, it'd be easy. Mm. Or you could just put it on your phone. Actually, a hard stop like that would actually probably work with my ADHD. There you go. Like having that hard stop that yeah. that you know, the bell of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, just have it turn all the lights off and you have to like go back over there to turn it on. Jess it's like when you're to, trying to get out of bed uh, and you're like, I got to get up, turn on my phone. Jess used to do that to me at uh, when dinner would happen. She'd come up and just shut the lights off to the shop. You're mm-hmm. like, oh. <laughs> I'd be like, yep. oh, oh, food must be ready. Time to go. That's funny. <laughs> what time does Owen go to bed? Uh, he goes to bed about eight. Yeah. So that's so my that, schedule right now. I'm still working a nine to five. So I do that, come home and then I'm with the family until five to eight, eight, eight 30 ish. Yeah. And then once the family starts to settle down, my little guy goes to bed, then I'm out in the shop. See, the hard part about that is you don't be. have any time with the wife. Right. And so like, there's no, un, un, like there's no, not unpack, but like there's, yeah, I don't no, know. I that, hear that's you. when yep. I get wrapped up in it at night is yep. like, I say that like, oh, I'm going to go back to the shop or I'm going to go do this. Mm-hmm. And then once we put him down, the two of us just kind of like flop down the couch and yeah. like, yeah, it's yeah, nice to have that time, time for you sure. guys. Too. I know, yeah. like you're still in a relationship. Yeah. Yep. It's wild. It is, but if you can, but if you can work that in, and the two of you have a good uh, understanding of what the expectation is, yep. then obviously that can work yep. very well. You just don't have, neglect your partner. You can still have a very healthy <laughs> relationship when when you both have the same goal in mind. It's like, yeah, I have sure. to do this because this is our goal, and this is how we achieve it. Yep. So having that is very important, but it ain't easy. Not at all. I don't care how the fuck you cut it. It's mm-hmm. not easy. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait. Don't cut your partner. Uh, no, you don't have that problem. Why? Because you don't have a side business. Oh, that's true. I don't have a side business. Yeah. So when you get off work, the only thing that you have to do at night is drink. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> drink beer. Did you see his RC car room? Yeah. RC cars. This is making money on it, but... There's nobody waiting for that to be done. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Hey, he is. I definitely do lose money quite a bit, though. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll build it hard and I'll sell it, but all is at a loss. It's a very <laughs> unsuccessful business. It's a pretty good business. <laughs> but you could... Uh, but with an RC room like that, like you can put your little man down and then... You can go Tinker, RC Tinker. for 45 yeah. minutes pretty easy. You can yeah, drink a beer and sure. RC at the same time. That's yep. the nice thing about yeah. RC is that like it's a true hobby. Even for me, like I love working on my truck, but right now I still don't have the garage. It's not heated. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the worst part about like, all right, 
spend 10 minutes putting on like dirty clothes, go out in yeah, the garage, yep. just spend 30 minutes working on something, then to come back in, get out my dirty clothes, and hopefully I'm clean enough that I don't need to shower or shower, uh-huh. yep. and then go to bed and then wake up. Yeah, That's the biggest and thing And then for me. I live in a neighborhood, so I can't do that whole 4 a.m. thing. Yeah. That would be nice. The biggest thing for me with the whole come back at night, because I don't mind doing it, and like as long as I can get over my hump, I've got a 8 to 10 hump, as long as I can push through that, little mm-hmm. like sleepy patch mm-hmm. and then my second wind kicks in yep and when that second wind kicks in i'll work easily until two o'clock in the morning yep um, but my problem with that is is that work say say i come back and actually just get some stuff done between eight to midnight and then midnight gets done and then i have to go back i drive back home about 20 minutes back home take a shower <laughs> yeah. but the shower wakes me up oh yeah that becomes yep. the real issues now i'm wide awake laying in bed for the next hour steve just yeah, talked yeah. about <laughs> how he gets four hours of sleep exactly. he's like well i have a midnight i get to work probably, at four in the morning probably more often than not yeah stop no, it no not more often than not but it's not it's weekly all right so the, there's, there's at least one day a week where i get four hours of sleep so you got the intercom system yes. so at 8 a.m on the dot every day eye of the tiger comes on nice. <laughs> and steve's like i got this and then he runs up some stairs yeah. <laughs> actually punching the air this, punch. this, week, this week was actually pretty good for me um work like work schedule wise because i was able to be here early every day this week except for tuesday because my computer oh my god the hard drive's full but something happened in the computer that has locked like two-thirds of my files what? including like the documents files you got something, some ransomware going on there i don't like know it. that's what it sounds like because it locked a bunch of stuff like it 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 locked my documents file so that no one could have access to it. What the hell? Sorry about your what does that invoice. Even mean? Yeah, right. Huh? Sorry about your what? Sorry about your invoice. This computer? No, or no, no. no. Your home my home computer. That's good. At least not but that's also when I get hit by lightning. Hmm. What does oh. locked file mean? Is it locked or is it corrupted? It says, oh. No, no, no. Oh. It's still there. I was able to go into properties and then go into advance and, and then unlock and then unlock it so that oh. it's viewable by everyone. But at one point, <laughs> it was viewable by no one. And that's why. That's why it deleted all the presets in one of my applications. The presets for the podcast. Oh, right. Remember how they just randomly disappeared one day? Yeah, I remember that's how what, all that's of a sudden happened. you stopped turning me down in post. That. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's got the ransomware. He's like, turn <laughs> me up me. in post, otherwise your locked folders don't get unlocked so, ever. So yeah, that's what. There's a bunch of folders that that are all they're all hidden. So okay. you have to like turn on to hidden to see them even. And then once you turn them on, they were they were set to allow no one. That's really strange. Did you like so upgrade your loud? computer? No, I like... don't know what happens. So there's a couple things going on there that I'm kind of curious about, and I don't know. Uh, one of them is Jess has her work stuff on there, and it's through a lending institution. So oh, I'm like, I'm like worried. I'm mm. worried if maybe something in that application was like, oh, this file's in here. We need to hide that. Yep. Yeah, and I'm worried be, about that. That really could be like it's encrypted oh, sure. or something. Yep. 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 Like, like that they set up that way. So like once she installed that into the computer, I wonder if it didn't go through. Yep. Even, a, even an update, if it didn't update. The other thing is, Having the, um, having the hard drive be basically maxed out. My one terabyte mm-hmm. solid state is full for some reason. <laughs> That's crazy. And, um, so I think that maybe that may have something to do with it. These guys are here passing the buck. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think that, that may have something to do with it. Also like a, a maxed out hard drive would start doing funky stuff. Hmm. Like if it's trying to store stuff on there and it doesn't have any room to put it. Could it. Be. Mm-hmm. it could be. So I moved 500 and. What was it? No, I moved. I moved 150 some gigabytes of information to my external yeah. the other night. I'm probably I just need to go through and, de- and delete it. <laughs> yeah, I just need to delete off the main. So it took uh, four hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jeez. 
But anyway, when when I unlocked the uh, documents file, it all came back. And so that's what happened the other night. What was going to be just a simple 40 minute edit on the podcast ended up taking me three hours. I didn't get to bed until about one thirty mm-hmm. uh, Monday night or Tuesday morning. Um, well, I guess we can talk about that when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this just Derek's didn't... writing notes. What is this? What is this like a legal tablet? <laughs> it's a leather bound notebook. Leather bound fancy. fancy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So sorry, we took you off on a tangent there. I don't know what we do here. I don't even know what got us on that tangent. I don't know. Work stuff. No. Not sleeping. So anyway, baby. So what are the plans for limitless? What are the plans for limitless uh, going forward this year for 2020? It's a very good question. 2022. Sorry. Yeah, I think the uh, project per month is is still a pretty good idea. But thinking about the business as a whole and the direction that I want to take it. Uh, with my limited time and increased family stuff, it'd be nice to get into some automation. So I have mm. a five by 10 plasma table in the attached garage that I've had for years. I need to get that moved into the shop, get that operational, maybe get into some light duty CNC stuff so I can do all the design work and all the CAD cam in the house when I'm with the family and then just go out there and cut some parts, make some parts. If you, if you ask Mike though, even though you're in the house with the family, if you're <laughs> working on something other than family, if you're not mentally yeah. there, you're not, yep, you're not yeah. there. You, but know, saying, you can literally go in there for a few minutes and do, or you can go in there for a little bit and do something and then come back out. Like if uh, Graham takes a nap, then you can. Yeah. And you, you know, guys just saw that last week, like the cage that I modeled up for you, that was all mm-hmm. done in the house. So I'm yeah. there with the family. Even if I'm not with them right there, I'm on call. If they need something like on call. All right. And that's, that's the nice thing about being at home. Yeah. You can be on call. Like I need a hand with this. Yep. And I love tube work. I'd love to get uh, like a Bentec dragon so I could automate the. How much is that? A uh, lot of minis. A lot of minis. <laughs> yeah. It depends on what size you get. They got figures? a couple different options. Well, I haven't really? priced them in a while. I don't while. know. I'm asking. I think they released at like 14K. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was like 13 something. Yeah, we're at, and I don't know where they're figures. at now. That was a while ago. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if I could be get five figures. Yeah. A dragon. Does it pick the steel for you out of your pile and put itself uh, in the machine yeah, and not, bend it? No. Okay. Yep. So I just have to be the operator. You actually just sit in the house and you're like, build but, a cage. And it's like, okay. Build a cage for you. It's a robot. They, they, they actually make that. No kidding. That's actually a thing. It's just not $14,000. Yeah. yeah. A little bit more. Add a few zeros. 1.4. Yeah. But if I could automate material processing like that and then yeah. upgrade my bender so I could have like a CNC bender so I could program all the bends for those tubes, I could do all the work inside and then literally go out in the shop and load material bend it up and then it's just a weld it yourself kit weld it myself desire to do myself uh i know (laughs) i know you're talking about automation and this is something that i'm working that i'm like trying to work on here in the shop as well because automating a process you can train an employee yeah exactly do it much faster yep um where they're not trying to learn the entire everything yep do you have any um any interest in doing some one-off uh prototyping type stuff for me oh maybe so for sure it's it'll be fairly simple stuff, really. Yeah, no, whatever I need you to build got, a couple, send them away. I need to build a couple of jigs. Yep, for stuff. Yeah, um, and they need to be pretty accurate. Is one of them a frying <laughs> pan jig? <laughs> we were just yeah, saying, exactly. I only need to jig that up and spin it. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely one of them. Um, that would make my like process cow. a lot faster, and I can keep those more affordable. That's yeah, that'd be perfect. That's right profitable. up my alley right now. Um, and then the other thing is uh, <laughs> the tumblers. I'm working mm-hmm. on automating for tumblers. Two polished tumblers because the biggest thing of the tumblers is a huge market, uh, but it's a huge market because nobody wants to do them. Mm-hmm. They're very, oh, I'm sure it's a pain because it's They're so terrible. small to work with. How the heck and do it's you? Thin it's thin and consuming. it's not nope, very heavy. None of that. Nope, none of that. It's time consuming. Um, when you sand it, you, generally you're holding the cup so it gets really hot so mm-hmm. you can't hold it. Yep. Like you'll blew the stainless sure. because you're trying to get uh, it done fast. Yep. And then you move over to the stand up lathe 
and you're polishing it. Well, the problem is, is that you're polishing it about like chest height or like stomach height. And so you're standing, you're staring down mm-hmm. the whole time. Your neck is bent sure. down. And after about two or three cups, your neck is pretty yeah. tired mm-hmm. and you're trying to knock out 30 a day. Yep. That's so, nice. Yeah. So I need to re redefine that process yep. and make it more automated. Um, it's going to be pretty, also. yes, more, more mm-hmm. ergonomic would be fantastic. That sounds like you need an adjustable height stand-up lathe. I do. <laughs> uh, bringing the welder here is probably going to be a very nice da- asset. Dangerously nice because you're going to redesign a whole bunch of fixtures. <laughs> yeah, right? Building a bunch of stuff instead of polishing parts. Yeah, well, if it makes it faster. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the automation thing is cool. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that is going to be, I think that can be lucrative to a business. Yeah, I think that's the end goal. Right now I've mm-hmm. got a Pro Tools 105 with a bunch of dies. I do some commercial work for guys and they pay for the dies. So mm-hmm. I buy them and do whatever they need. So I've got a ton of dies for that and it works really well, but it's still a very manual process. I've got a cylinder on it, of course, but I like to go to a cabinet style machine, something that I could program. It'd be awesome. Is it an air cylinder or do you have hydraulic? It's an air cylinder. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the electric over hydro bender setups. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, that's so much faster than that. My cousin <laughs> built one for his uh, JD2. And yeah, you hit, you just push your foot down on the pedal and it's like, what? Yep. That'd be super that's nice. Say, I actually right. was watching Dave Chappelle build up. I don't know if any of you guys watch Roadkill, but he built up or he put the roll cage in like the, um, the charger, uh, mm. the, the one from General Mayhem. Yeah, General Mayhem. Thank yep. you, Matt. Mm. <laughs> and he was doing it manually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that almost looks faster than the. the yeah. It probably is. But it probably kills labor your back. Intensive. Yeah. <laughs> For the yeah. listeners, I'm a small guy. I'm like 135 pounds. Soaking wet. <laughs> I started with a manual bender. I anchored it to my dad's shop floor, and that's yep. a story in itself. But I had to pull on that thing so hard to bend inch and three quarter DOM that I was pulling myself across the floor. I didn't have enough traction to do it, and it's even with a longer <laughs> lever. Yeah, it's pretty laborious. Um. Any cylinder my, at all is a huge win. The big reason that my cousin built his electric or hydraulic is because he wanted to have the, he didn't want to have the bender mounted. Yeah. He mounted the bender to a two by two yeah. slab of concrete outside. Mm-hmm. And so he would just, if he needed to bend tube one day, he'd go out there and mount the bender and then he just bend his tube and sure. then put it back inside at the end of the night. Yep. Nice. And he's like, I want this to be more mobile. Mm-hmm. And so now it just is on a rolly stand. Yep. Exactly. He just rolls his bender yeah, down. That's the nice thing it. about the That's awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You're not, it's all. Because I, I borrowed Joe's to bend up a couple of tubes for my cage too. Because mm-hmm. I bought my cage is like half pre bent and half my stuff. Yeah. Or my design. Your own. Yeah. And so I used Joe's and it was just on a, like a grinder stand that he brought over in mm-hmm. his Forerunner. Yep. It works. Does. But, but it's not yes, fast. <laughs> Anything else you want to add to this? Not that we have to talk about everything. You can always come back. No, that's fine. We almost made it to the end of the Ranger. The latest uh, addition was coilovers. And that kind of reintroduced me to the shop work after getting the little man home. I'd run out to the shop and pick away for a couple hours, getting those swapped on. And then once the truck was finished, the shop was opened up and I was back to working on my backlog to get that done. So So it sounds like that was a business expense. (laughs) (laughs) It can be. be So yeah, the thing works good. Wait, so you had coils and shocks before. Yeah, exactly. So I had coil sprung front with Rancho nine thousands that were totally clapped out. I can't remember the last time I'd replaced them. And I went to some Fox 2.0s with remote resis DSC adjusters on them. And it was a night and day difference, no doubt. So funny, funny enough, you actually can write some of that off as a business. Yeah. As long as the truck says limit with fabrication uh, on it. A little bit of little bit of uh, you can write some of it off probably as R and D and then also some of it off as marketing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like hundred percent marketing. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he, we've seen the post on the that's list. That's the only reason. So that's the only reason you're my cage is because you put coilovers on your truck. Yep, exactly. The picture you I saw on Instagram. That's it. Right. You saw now it at the Badlands, right? The uh, entry yeah, fee yeah. to the Badlands was a marketing trip. It was, in fact. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just I, kidding. If anybody from the IRS is listening, <laughs> and I think but the SEC or the IRS has more important things to look yeah, into. Yeah, right exactly. Now, you never know. In reality, though, I'm they're going to get a few dollars out of you. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that does like fall. Yeah, under it is all. legit. I mean, like, yep, it is. And my business is perfectly clean. You got a professional per- here. Perfectly clean. <laughs> Not that. Right. No, that's legit. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yep. all of us are professionals in something. If only, if <laughs> yep. only had a time. Didn't specify yeah. intentionally. True. Yep. Just professional anythings. Yep. Professional no. professionals. Yeah, we did the toy drive at the Badlands. Got to shake down the front end a little bit. Worked awesome. Got home from that trip and decided that the rear end needed some work too. So I almost immediately ordered some resi shocks for the rear also. And I just got the shipping update on that. They should be here before Christmas. Hell yeah. Nice. I know. Yeah. So I'm stoked Yay. to get those swapped on. Merry Christmas break. break. I was going to yeah. say. I was targeting the uh, hangover run on New Year's Day, but it sounds Ooh. like the family wants to do Christmas that day also. So that's oh. kind of a bummer. So I'll try to get out there. I don't know. Maybe New Year's uh, Eve before all the New Year's Eve festivities. I was going to say, actually, the way, we after New Year's. the way we're planning it right now is going to be that at least some of the group is going to be there both the whole weekend. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you'll have that opportunity. Yep. So we'll show. see how it goes. Yeah. That's the tentative plan. Tentative. Figure it out. Have somebody take Swing pictures it. or videos of you romping, or romping, romping around <laughs> the dunes like yeah. the last time. Yeah. But now with resis. Yeah. Soaking it up like a desert. Trip. Exactly. I want to see you do more like Loki. What's that? Oh, yeah. 40 miles an hour. <laughs> that was a bit much. Oh, and I'm Not 99% really. sure Did that it? the knocking that we were feeling was that body seam underneath it. So I just got to hammer that sucker flat. Yeah. Yeah. When it gets too rowdy in the dunes, there's some pretty heavy knocking in the cab of the Ranger. Yeah. I think it's the body coming down on the suckers. At first we thought it was the door. It was the, <laughs> the tube door knocking on the jam. The striker. On the yeah. striker. Yeah. And then I was like, well, here, I'll just open this. Just, just don't throw the door out. open. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So I held the door open and it still was doing it. So yeah, we scoped yeah. it out. It was shiny on that body, on the yeah. body flange. I'm sure yep. that's the case. Yeah. Mini sledge will take care of that real quick. Doom, doom. Easy peasy. Linen squeezy. Nice. Yeah. So uh, Derek wrote down something here. What is, you you call it out. Well, I said, uh, what are we drinking? And mm. we're doing this on Sunday morning and we're drinking some beers. Um, but last <laughs> night no we had BCS Fest, which is Bourbon County Stout, the Goose Island Bourbon County. We went from year 2016 to 2021. Yes. We went vertical until we went horizontal. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a pretty solid night. We drank lots of water and none of us feel too terrible today. Right. Not too bad. I was not expecting this. I was expecting to be sitting here with a splitting headache trying to make words. For those See, that don't know, Bourbon County Stout is a very high alcohol content, delicious. The lowest one release. was 13.5, 13.2. Mm. So, yeah, the fact that we had six for four people was a significant amount of beer. But sure we, drank watered, we drank water and, like Mike said, we feel pretty good. And ate lots of food. That probably helped, too. We we helped a lot too. Of Patty yeah. made lots of carbs it and then the we almonds. had chips. And What did you say? It was the almonds. The almonds, that's the what almonds. did it, yeah. yeah. I had two. No, really, it really is. I had two. <laughs> you had two? I had two. That's why you felt so good. Yeah. I only had one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was See, a that was... good excuse to get together. I only wish Bray could have joined us. I know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next time. Are you are you a drinker of the beers, of the, of the craft beers? I do enjoy the craft beers, oh, yeah. Sure. I guess I didn't know that. Yep. Trying to, like to, I know I'm paying Bray. It would have been awesome. But... <laughs> <laughs> there, he's like, um, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Beer doesn't keep the lights on in the shop. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, really? Mm. 
What's somebody that song? Somebody should make a song about that. <laughs> you, we were just talking about this. <laughs> you have to pay me. It costs that much because it takes me <laughs> fucking hours. <laughs> Fact. Yeah. Go uh, back to the Patreon. Go to the Patreon. <laughs> Become a patron and listen to the Patreon. Patreon, if you want to hear us sing that old song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're very good. Wink. Might yes. be the worst advertising. <laughs> Everyone's like, so don't join the Patreon. <laughs> it's funny though. So, so do. Yeah, Patreon's pretty good. Usually, it's especially good today. It was pretty good. Today. Yeah, nice. It was. It was actually good conversation. It's because we're doing it on a Sunday morning, and we all feel pretty good. Surprisingly, oh yeah, Sunday morning probably did help a lot. Better than a Monday night after a disgruntled <gasps> day of work. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, tomorrow's gonna be wonderful. I cannot wait. Yeah, tomorrow's Monday. When we get off work, I'm like, I'm gonna go home. <laughs> yeah, that will be nice. I'm excited <laughs> for going home. Me too. I like home. <laughs> I, I like home. Oh, like <laughs> okay. So we're we're basically wrapping this thing up. Matt, grab the things. We I uh, went and bought a set of packouts before I came here, and these are actually a Christmas present for the father-in-law. But since we have them, we can play with them and show. Oh my god! There's no room to put anywhere. them anywhere. We can't pack out. <laughs> Where are you going to put that? I don't know. He's just holding it above right, his head right now. Set it on the floor. My hands. <laughs> Just hold, just literally holding it above my head. Hold on. Uh, one second. Here, I'll hold it for you. Flip it the other way so I can have the access to the uh, the the way the other parts. Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay. oh, my like this. oh, like that. Oh, oh it's not like that. I'm sorry. No. What are you doing? Wow, you Steve? guys have no Steven. idea how to use this thing. I'm sorry. I thought the one was stacked on top of the other one. Steven, calm down. Just give me this little one. Mike, have you played with these yet? Yeah. No, I don't know anything so about this. That's why I brought them in here. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. So that's a that's the Milwaukee. That's the like the compact. We're we doing an ASMR episode. Compact. You're like it's freaking done huge. <laughs> it's like it's like my oh god. Oh, god. Sorry, everyone. Oh my don't god. do that. It's terrible. It's like my RC bins, but ten times bigger and waterproof. Yeah. Oh, and these come out. Oh, yeah, those come out and they can be organized in different uh, fashions. Yeah, that's that's how the original. That's that's what I, so, I have. Not packouts in my truck. They're like the pre-packouts. Mm-hmm. They're just like parts organizers. They just don't hold together. They don't snap together like these do. They snap together. They do not in the same way. They have little yeah. clips that come up on the side. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but I bought them because they were the only thing that would like fit in my drawers, and they're also mm-hmm. they're way cheaper. Is this water yeah. resistant or waterproof? You could probably dunk it. But if you left it underwater overnight, it might okay. not be waterproof. You but think so? I bet it's pretty close. It's just like it's sealed. They probably just don't guarantee it. It's not like yeah. rated IP sixty anything. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But if it was in the bed of your pickup like forever, it yeah. would just if it got rained on all the time, it would not. None of well, one example is I had a leak on one of my drawers, and one of them had like water sitting on top of it, and, and no it was water fine. inside. Right, cool. IP sixty five. Oh, rated. Interesting. All right, interesting. Yeah. Does that mean you that? can like, dunk it for up to ten seconds? That's or something? probably a meter for thirty seconds. What is that thing? I don't, don't know. know. We're going to find out. It's just a little like tray. Ooh. And a little organizer. Parts organizer. organizer. So we've got small two, tools organizer. We've got two packouts in here. This one is uh, called the toolbox. What's that one called, Bray? Yes, Matthew. It smells like new plastic. Yes, it smells like China. It smells here. like burnt. It smells like China. <laughs> <laughs> what does that smell like? It smells sweet. Like like plastic Chinese plastic. No, it smells like burnt. Um, does it smell like sugar. a new RC car kit? This mm. one's the low profile organizer. Thank you. So we have a low profile organizer and we have a toolbox, I assume is what it's called here. But anyway. The toolbox was on sale for $59.99, and then the low profile was $44 regular price. So they're not cheap, but they are very robust. They're very robust. Yeah, yeah the ones that I was talking about good that sure. I have in my truck are definitely nowhere near as thick of plastic. Yeah, these like are that. almost roto-molded. 
um, in like the way that the like how thick everything feels and how sturdy it is. You're probably There's right. No actually. flex. Yeah. Well, the top is injection. Yeah. Oh, the bottom is it also injection? I don't mm -hmm. see any see indication. Gates, but... Yeah, it's bottom. probably rotomolded based on the, the shape, though. The bottom I guess. could be rotomolded. Yeah. How do you know the top's uh, injection? Uh, I saw a gate somewhere. What's well, a and gate? It's, <laughs> and it's got metal in integrated into it. Oh which, yeah. That's hard to do with roto, I think. Does that mean that, like, that's very strong? Like, you'd probably like stand on her for a lot of weight oh, on that sure? box. This thing here I says a uh, seventy-five pound capacity, but that's internal. I'm wondering, can I drive like my truck over it? Is this open? Mm, is it rated for being ran over? Well, this is. Oh, that's not not very good. Um, impact resistant, but that's all it says. What is this thing? Huh? Mount stuff? I don't. I don't know. I'm not like sure. It doesn't We're seem just like kind it, of scoping out the inside of it. And like it seems like it could. Sorry, come it's not out. video, guys. But uh, <clears throat> trying to like pack. No, that's the. I guess that's no. That's how this locks back into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That has to. Those all have to be there, so it locks into it. I imagine they probably could build something. We're looking at the top of the case, and the top of the case has certain indents, recesses. It almost so looks it like a together. battery holder. Oh, you know, like an M18 I it holder. Could. I don't think. So. How do you would? I don't know if it click in. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, that's that's how the packs hold together. So, like, now you take this one here. Yeah. You know, just slide it on top. But of this what one. keeps them from? Is there a button or something that yeah. keeps them connected? Oh, I heard button. it click. There's a button on this side. Ah, so just, okay, that's great. Pulling right here, and it's just a lift lever. You Did you see that they came out with one that has drawers on the front? Oh, really? That's interesting. No, or they're coming yet. out with it. I saw it on Instagram today. I was like, yes, I'll just mount those I'm at like, the back of my I'm truck, looking at their... and I'll still have a drawer system. That's <laughs> sick. So they got a mounting plate. They've got a rolling dolly that's a mounting plate that has rollers on the bottom of it or casters on the bottom. Of it. They have a crate that's that's open on top. Um, they've got yeah. a radio and charger, a rolling toolbox, a large toolbox, which is the bigger version of this thing you're holding. They have this one, the toolbox. They have a tool case, customizable insert. Yep, for your that's like cool. battery powered stuff or whatever yeah. you want. It sounds like that's pretty cool. Uh, an organizer, which would be the bigger version of this, and then the low the low pro, which the organizers have clear lids. So you can see down in them. And then they also have like a half size organizer. Too, they don't do they? have a so smaller. You can run like two of them next to each compact, other. Yeah, low pro. So if you're like, I, I only want. Those are like 30 something a piece, maybe 30 a piece. They're kind of. How much was this top one? 44. The, sh the low profile organizer is 44. 44. And then 44. the toolbox is, is 60. These are farm fleet prices. I think those, nice. are, pretty, those are pretty MSRP. Yeah, pretty They've good. got a tool bag, which I think also locks into half of half of the top. Soft. So it just has to be. It, that one has to be the top. <laughs> They have a soft-sided yes. tool bag. <laughs> they have a soft-sided 15-inch tool bag, and then they also have a soft-sided 15-inch tote, which I don't believe zips up. Anyway, that's just some of the stuff. Obviously, nice. if you go to Milwaukee's website, you can check out more of the pack-out things. And, I mean, if um, it's anything like their M18 cordless stuff, they're going to have, like, hundreds of these soon. I mean, they got <laughs> the, they have, like, well, they have the, 600 the, cordless tools or something that, ridiculous. Uh, they have that gas can, the rotomolded gas can that we talked about last week. <laughs> that Anything's a gas can if it holds gas. That's right. It's and red. It's red. Those compliant. are gas cans, yep. actually. These are gas cans. Yeah, this is a uh, see-through individual. You can put different octane in each of the organizers. Oh, nice. That's for you your RC. Get a straw and suck it out. Is that's, yeah. for your, that's, for thirsty. that's for your RC. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can <laughs> put gas on one side and juice in the other, and some beer maybe. <laughs> I wonder how chemically resistant they're. <laughs> I brought all my plastic. all my snack juices with me. Got some water, oh, got some juice, juice, got some beer. So poured in there. You bring that with you to the airport, and you're just like, I just didn't know what I was going to want <laughs> Just don't put acetone in it. So each of these is more than three ounces. Yeah, yeah, that would probably melt it pretty quick. Break clean, that, probably not a good idea. Actually, I know I do. break clean doesn't work. It'll soften one of these little inserts. Mm. Oh, really? Because I, I, I put tools in mine, so I pulled all these little organizers out. Mm -hmm. 
and just use the case. And mm-hmm. so I use those organizers to like scoop oil dry and like spray mm-hmm. off small parts in them. And so oh. it doesn't get everywhere. And one of them started to get soft. And I was like, oh, I better dump this out before it like becomes <laughs> melted plastic oh, on my garage that's floor. Wild. So break clean and acetone. Keep them away. From if these. it's ABS. Right. Yeah. If it's ABS. Acetone especially. Acetone smells Any plastic. ABS. Lexan, yeah. ABS. Well, it'll at least cloud Lexan. Ac- that's true. Rowdy. I use some. I use a little bit of acetone trying to take the sticker. I had a, when I mounted my, um, my brake controller inside mm-hmm. the dash, I pulled it back apart because it was in a wrong spot. I was like, I need to move it. And the, the surprisingly, the double stick tape, the foam tape that they send with that is really sticky. Yeah. And I pulled it back apart and it literally just ripped the tape in two. So it left tape on mm-hmm. both sides. I'm like, yep. well, how the hell am I going to get this back off? And I'm like trying to figure it out or whatever. And I put a little acid on there and it just melted the case for the controller. <laughs> like not the case for the controller, but the uh, indicator. The Yeah. Yep. Oops. The, oops. Yeah. Brake clean. And so, yeah. And so I, I grabbed a little can of brake. I'm like, I don't know what else to use here. And I grabbed some brake clean and it just literally wiped the sticker clean yeah. off and left the plastic fine. I was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's think, what we'll use on the dash. Brake clean <laughs> works way more slowly than acetone at dissolving plastic, but I think it but will if you leave sticky, it for a long yeah, period the, of time. For double stick tape in this scenario, the foam double stick tape, it the brake clean yeah. just wiped off just clean. I, anytime I, like, I take a sticker off my windshield, I just soak a rag and brake clean, hold it up there for like five seconds, and then just do one of these and it all comes off. Wow. Mm. It works really well. Yeah. So hot tip, everybody. <laughs> use brake clean carefully in your yeah. vehicle <laughs> when you need to get uh, sticky stuff off. The Interesting. Stuff. I never would have thought I'm, I'd use brake clean for that. Definitely going to stock more brake clean here at the shop after learning that little trick. We should do a test and see if chlorinated or non-chlorinated makes a difference. I think I've only used the red cans. Pick your poison on what you want your sticky to be. (laughs) Dude, acetone is weird. You were talking about how it eats plastic. Well, on RC car tires, like if you need to remove them, Mm. if you have vinyl wheels, which most are, you Mm. can literally just submerge it in acetone and like the tire and wheel are just... Just, oh, they, just fall apart because they're vinyl. vinyl because they're vinyl but if you do ABS wheels you have a pool of plastic <laughs> and a perfectly good tire yep. yeah <laughs> yeah that's wild yeah how do you Chemistry find man. out you vinyl wheels most of them are really but some aren't like I dipped a, just the back beat of a Tamiya wheel and the back of the wheel is just like goo and the top half is just yeah. like a wheel like it's like it just completely you're like, oh, can you do that to your wheel you want to turn into a wall mount on your wall the the aluminum one. <laughs> just dip it in and then you take it out and it's like ah perfectly cut something a little stronger than acetone yeah, yeah. <laughs> hydrochloric acid or something sure yeah. I don't know what dissolves aluminum oh you know what what is the stuff I just used this for uh, removing anodizing break lie the- Oh, 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 you! I was talking. But that you leaves about the it. aluminum. Right. That leaves right. the aluminum, doesn't it? It'll eat the aluminum eventually. It'll start to pay. You gotta uh, eat anything eventually. I tried to. <laughs> I tried some <laughs> oven cleaner. Aggressive. I tried some Zip oven cleaner on some really thin uh, sail panel, like sail panel for a old '60s pickup, and I was really unhappy with the result because it pitted the aluminum a little bit. So that was unfortunate. I needed yep. something different. I need something to remove the. The problem was is that the the uh, anodized coating was so deteriorated from time because it was a sixties truck. Mm-hmm. It was so deteriorated that some spots were basically raw aluminum. Exactly. And so when you sprayed on there, those spots that were raw aluminum had nothing yep. to protect them. I guess. Yep. Yep. And so that I needed something different. I don't know what the option would have been. I don't know. Lie's kind of nice because you can change the concentration yeah. based mm-hmm. on how you mix it. You know. Yeah. But it's I wonder cheap. is the is the anodized coating. Is it weaker? Does it break down faster than yeah, the aluminum? I see what you're saying. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to be so would you, would, eating yeah, into aluminum yeah. anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely does. I mean, like I also use like when I get RC car parts that are anodized and I want to take it off, I'll use oven I wonder cleaner. If, mm-hmm. I wonder if purple power would have been better for that situation. Oven cleaner does not work near as well as lye in my well, experience. Yeah, but oven cleaner is deconcentrated lye. Yeah, right? is, is it, it? Is oh, it lye? Okay. 
I didn't know that Or at least the heavy it duty has... one is, is lie. Really? I didn't know it was lie. Not read the instructions or the, read the ingredients yeah. and it'll tell you if it's lie or not. Uh, the it was some Don't other, get it in your eye. Some no other shit. That's just sodium hydroxide, right? And that's the yeah. chemical something yeah, like that we're yeah. looking for. I think so. And that's what lie that's is. That's the word I was looking for. That yeah. I wasn't that was like that's not lie. Oh my god. <laughs> Super so, strong base is what it is, yeah. right? This yeah. Just reminded me the other day I was trying to remove some anodizing probably from those diff covers. Mm. And I found that like cold water works, but it takes a long time. So I heated mm. up a little water in the microwave and that worked really well. And mm-hmm. so the other day, I don't know, I must have put it in too long. I said somebody was watching me. I'm just at work as a stainless bench, you know. So I just set it down, drop a little wine there. The second the aluminum part touched it, all the water shot out. Oh my oh my God. God. Exploded out of there. And somebody what? was like, well, I was wearing safety glasses. Thank, thank God. God. Yeah. Someone's like, watched it happen. They're like, are you fucking making meth over there? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, apparently. It took me like a week to get like the white spots off everything. Like oh it was on the, on the cabinets on the floor. Oh this is crazy. So use warm water, not hot water. Not hot water. Wow. I didn't water. think it'd be yeah. Room temperature is probably the, the safe oh, option. That's <laughs> wild. So hot sodium hydro or sodium what was it yeah hydroxide. sodium hydroxide, hydroxide yeah and then you drop aluminum in it and makes the it aluminum splash. reacts it's funny it's it's perfectly clear even with the line in it, if you stir it it's just clear and as soon as the aluminum touches it it starts Boom. bubbling yeah yeah but with hot water it's like explosive. Explosive. <laughs> i want to do a big version of that i want to do like a big version like a gallon no you bucket. don't no, Could you don't. Cool. Don't, like, don't let the and the NSA hear that because the, the <laughs> it's just steam water. coming off of that thing will it's burn the fuck out of your sodium hydroxide. Yeah. <laughs> it's just water. It's fine. It's a nasty. It just sounds, right, well, it just sounds we like get arrested you get a conspiracy to you just get a block of aluminum in like a hot yeah. in a really hot bucket of water and put it on the parking lot and just like throw the a block of aluminum. Throw a live block. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's like that elephant toothpaste stuff. Oh yeah, you know. I don't know what that is. Matt, That's definitely Matt's not like, lie. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like you start with a really small solution of something and then you, you add something to it and it just, and it foams, foams. but mm. it's like a very, very, it's almost like an explosion. It, it, it expands so mm. fast. It basically brings it just, its own. It goes. Yeah. And it looks like toothpaste mm-hmm. but for an elephant. Like if you, uh, like if you took a toothpaste exactly. what do you uh, thing and you smashed it between your hands mm. and it shoots out, that's what it looks like, but Basically. way bigger. I've seen them do it like on top of buildings. It's like snakes, stuff. the firework, yeah, but like much that. faster. But yeah, much yeah. <laughs> and less like poopy. And less poopy. Yeah. And then I don't know what is left once it gets done, but like I've seen people do it inside of a house. Oh, that's probably a terrible <laughs> like, idea. Like the whole house. It was rowdy. And yeah, then I like, don't think it's know, like super dangerous except for the fact that it's like is basically an explosion like it's not gonna like ruin everything it touches like it touches your couch some of them are well colored and stuff like that yeah there was one youtube video i saw where they did like the top of a roof they're on they had a big old like roof area and they i don't know how many gallons of that stuff they had but when they set the reaction off it filled the roof of that Mm -hmm. building and the and the walls on the roof were probably like six eight feet tall wow it like filled it it was cool looking it's awesome to see, but like, man, yeah, it's like, do you just let the rain just rinse that away? Like, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, how does it di- di- uh, dissipate? Huh? Yeah. Matt's not, looking not at relevant one. toothpaste videos and they did it in like a water bottle and it looked like, you know, one of those science fair volcanoes. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really Sometimes boring. the reaction's not exactly right. But it but looks like, what is it? Neat. Yeast to warm water and then they mix it into, what was the uh, first thing? Hydrogen peroxide. Oh, really? That sounds pretty easy to build. Yeah. Hmm. Didn't know that. He says, anyway. he says build. What are you trying to build, Steve? <laughs> do I need what to be you, concerned? What do you call that? Concoct? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Sounds easy. Replicate? I don't know. Walter White call it. Uh, 
Brew. Brew. <laughs> uh, that's funny. He used so. meth as a verb. I'm mething meth. <laughs> mething. <laughs> I'm just mething around. I'm just mething around. <laughs> oh, mething around. It's methed up. Oh. It is. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Look it up. Look up Elephant Toothpaste on YouTube and don't oh, click yeah. on the ones that are in plastic bottles because they're boring. Because they're one out of one rated per Derek, per the Derek scale. One out of run, one out of ten. Oh. Did I say one out of one? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Give that a one. Jesus Christ. How many? 78, 78 million views. views. Who is that? Mr. Beast? Mark Rover. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That guy's super mm, popular. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Ooh, that's inappropriate. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it held here. <laughs> Your imagination is here. Descriptive is. again. Derek always <laughs> thinks he's on the Patreon for some reason. <laughs> anyway, you guys ready to shut this down? Yeah. Okay. Sure. We've told you all of the things. I have all these morning beers. I got to pee. Come on, let's go. <laughs> You've peed eight times during this podcast. Uh, it's because of the, all the morning beers. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to see more stuff, uh, go check out Bray's Instagram at Limitless Fabrication. Uh, you can see a lot of his cool stuff he's done there. Some of his boat work and different metal fabrication. There's a lot of cool uh, content there. Yep. Check out uh, the TOP page if you haven't already on Instagram at total underscore off-road underscore podcast. Check out Derek at D-Man Blues Freak. And check out Mike at Mike So Funny. Mike So Funny. All one word, no underscores, he's just not, Mike So Funny. He's not really funny, though. Nope. Um, but anyway. You guys have heard me. <laughs> <laughs> he's never once made a joke in his life. Mike Sarcy. It's boring over here. <laughs> and uh, if you guys are looking for anybody to support, check out the partner companies, Crawler Off-Road for any of your recovery stuff. Check out Complete Off-Road for any parts you need for your Jeep or your rig. And check out Off-Road Anonymous for any of those metal parts that you may be looking for for your build. And if you need a inflation deflation device, be, for, be sure to check out our friends over at Morflate, M-O-R-R-F-L-A-T-E dot com. Is that all we got? Oh, Mike, have you any last words? Yeah, and it's nothing having to do with anything we talked about, but it's something important regardless. Clean yeah. out. I want to thank Bray for coming on the show. Oh, and well, thank- we're not doing that. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I want to, Fine. but Mike and Steve refuse you to. On your own time. This is podcast, yeah, time. podcast time. And Bray, you suck. So anyway, <laughs> just kidding, Bray. It was great having you. So yeah, it was that's great important. having you. Always fun hanging Thanks out. Thanks for coming out. Absolutely, indeed. But the last words aren't that, Derek. It's clean out your trail rig. Uh, mm. Clean out the interior. Hell, oh, clean out your bed if you have bed drawers. Clean it out. Because everybody's trail rig is exactly the same inside as the last seven times that they wheeled. There's bottles on the floor. There's dirt everywhere. You can't even see the gauges. There's so much dust. Oh, I see you guys looking at each other. Yeah, that's right. so attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> clean it out. I feel so attacked. I'm, I'm literally going to go, cleaned out. I'm gonna go I'll take mine off the trailer in the shop, and I'm going to empty all the things of it, and I'm going to vacuum it out. You didn't ask me what I did off-road related, but I cleaned my shit. That's what I did. He cleaned out his interior. Uh, Mostly. Did you finally get the mud off your dash? It's been there since like UA? No. Yes, I I did. And then I got more mud on it. And then I got more mud on it. Mm. Sentimental mud. Yeah, sentimental mud. After we went to Redbird, I was like, it's destroyed on the inside. I got to clean it. Redbird was very sloppy. I lost all the UA mud. Yep. There was no mud on UA when I went. It was all dust. Sloppy mud. mud. The UA dust. This you just moment. tape off a little square patch and like leave and it. And taste it every taste once in a while. <laughs> Gives taste. a dash a little lick. What do you, what do you taste do? like iron from Wyoming and forest fires. <laughs> what, what do you do when you run out of dust to taste? Oh, man. There's a lot of dust hidden up in that dash, so it'll be a while. <laughs> There's so many things to taste in that cab. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs>
Hey, uh, it's a truck cab. It's, it's a tasty dirty. cab. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. We'll clean out your trail rig this week. Do and, it. Uh, so when I ride with you, my butt doesn't get dusty. We, we didn't even get to talk mm-hmm. about what I want to talk about this week. That's okay. That's we okay. About next week. I'll write it down in my I'll notes. Just, yeah, I'll write in my notes. Steve wants to talk about things next week. Window tent. Steve. Mm. Window tent. That yeah. sounds off-road related. It is. It is, actually. Oh. Yeah. Because ninety percent of off road is looking cool, and you got to have tent to look cool. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Those are your actual last words. Thanks for joining us for episode one hundred and five, and we'll catch you on the trail. Bye.